yeah, uh, yeah. Phone ringing for the work. They waiting on me like the 15 and the first. I'm killing competition, put them bitches in the hearse. Been diagnosed with a sick flow, where the nurse. Yeah, do it for the city, but the hood getting turned. With the money going around like an offer in the church. Shit, this shit was a race, promise I'ma finish first. Taking shots from my spot, got me leaning like I'm Dirk in the playoff. Bitch, I want that Mark Cuban payoff. Fly as a G6, waiting for the takeoff. Hustle like there's only six Big Daddy. Big Daddy, this, whatever, dude. This is special. This is special. Second time on the podcast. Yes. Second time talking about the Cowboys. Yes. A good day. A good day. Good last couple days, mm-hmm. but most importantly, we've reached episode 100. Oh, snap. This is 100 This is 100. Episodes. Yep. Oh, man. This is probably, we're two and a half years in to the podcast. Except for that like year where I just didn't do any episodes. Uh-huh. We're going to ignore that. <laughs> Let's it's like talk... a little blip on the yeah, radar. Gotcha. No, we're just... It's like the Jason Garrett era. We're just kind of forgetting mm. that. We survived it. There we go. We survived it. Well plague. done. Well done. Um, let's bring it all the way back to... Um, <laughs> but officially, I look back at it. I think we started at 57 episodes when we started kind of doing the whole era, new era progress of the podcast. Yeah. And I was like saving episode 100. I want to do kind of like a review or like a highlight video of, of all the podcasts. Yeah. But then yesterday happened. <laughs> and I couldn't resist. <laughs> My campaign for getting rid of Jason Garrett has finally been completed. Yes. On Twitter, on the podcast. I think it's the world's campaign. And I'm the leader. <laughs> I love you the guy. Us. He's a great guy. But when my Twitter handle was fire Jason Garrett, dot, 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 seriously, dot, 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 fire him for the longest time. And I have people, you know, DMing me like, hey, you can finally get rid of that name. I'm like, no, until it's official, (laughs) until we hire the new coach, that's when I'll get rid of it. And Monday, January 6th, 2020 was that day. Officially. Was indeed. Signed that five-year contract. Mike fucking McCarthy. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, man. When I started seeing that, I was a little skeptical at first. For sure. So was I. But I got to tell you, man, after looking into it a little more and then after watching that link you sent me, yeah, that really dropped some serious encouragement. The Mike McCarthy Project. Oh, yeah. Just a four-minute clip of him breaking down his analytics yes. progress or his new kind of reincarnation as a head coach. There you go. Embracing that mm-hmm. was, was one of the biggest skeptic. Uh, skeptical parts about his hiring um but yeah initial thoughts were skepticism you know looking at all the other candidates at that time and going from they're no longer going jason garrett as their head coach and then not even 24 hours later being like oh mccarthy's new head coach (laughs) here you go like jerry what the fuck are you doing (laughs) like wait i was in the same boat my wife was just like what the shit it's been less than 24 hours what's going on right now yeah and we were, I was kind of the same mind. I was like, did we just hire this guy? It was the Cowboys' way of doing it in every single way. <laughs> I mean, the firing, the hiring, the lack of hiring around the candidates. Yep. You know, I had to go on like ESPN, I had to go on Fox and look at all these different like analysts and commentators basically breaking down their thoughts on the, mm-hmm. on the hire. Because I I didn't know what to think. I just didn't know. I I was like, I like Mike McCarthy, what he did, winning the Super Bowl with the Packers, had great years with him and Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers. And then you remember those last few years where, like, nothing went right. Like, it was just, you're kind of overstayed your welcome. Yeah. 
And kind of the same idea with Jason Garrett. Oh, yeah. He's overstaying your welcome. And you're like... His was definitely longer than three years, though. Right, yeah. And then you look at all the candidates that they were talking to, like Marvin Lewis. You're like, dear God, please no. Because <laughs> we don't we don't want to be the Bengals. Nope. Marvin Lewis was Jason Garrett at the Bengals. Yes. Like, he was 500, never won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. He was just like, he had talent. Dude had A.J. Green, had... I mean, he had a plethora of running backs to choose from. Giovanni Bernard. Yep. Um, can't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but he had Andy Dalton. Like, yes. We all know Andy Dalton now is not yeah. not the best quarterback. They're no. going with Joe Burrow, which yeah. they should. Yeah. But back then, it was like coming off the TCU hype. Like, I'll, I'll get this fire out of this ginger. Let's <laughs> get it out of him. And then it just never worked out for yeah. him. And I was looking at, because those first few days were like, the Cowboys are going for... Coaches with NFL coaching experience, with mm-hmm. head coaching experience. I'm like, dear God, this is horrible. Like, yep. Then you just got to throw away all your Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer speculation. Now it's just, let's see what's available. Yeah. And the first couple of days with Ron Rivera out, I didn't think he was a good fit for the Cowboys. No, he would have been terrible for us. Um, it's a good pickup for, for Washington Redskins, for sure. I agree. I think they're going to make... It's going to be interesting to see what happens when we play the Redskins. It's in the st- it's a step in the right direction for yes. sure, though. Yes. Um, and then hiring Jack Del Rio, we talked about it yep. right before the podcast. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jack Del Rio, um, and him just being the defensive coordinator. Last time he was defensive coordinator was in Denver, mm-hmm. right before they won the Super Bowl. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one guy I saw on that list, other than Marvin Lewis, <laughs> was and the one that kind of like I, I was piquing some interest was mm-hmm. Chuck uh, Chuck Pagano. Really? I really liked him just because of his story that he had in Indianapolis. You know, he had a great quarterback in Andrew Luck. He had those few years, like, on and off, like, inconsistent. But, I mean, it was more of Jim Ursay being the problem there. Yeah. When they finally got an offensive line going and they started drafting a lot of good defensive players, it was right at the tail end of Chuck Pagano's career. But you knew they had a lot of influence and a lot of, a lot of trust in those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they loved him. Yes. And I think that's what the Cowboys really want is a guy they can trust kind of like a Jason Garrett. Cause like he can be your buddy, buddy. Yeah. But at the same time, it needs to be business has to be taken care of. Yeah. And if you don't perform on the field, there's no reason for you to be on the field. Yeah. And I feel like that Chuck Pagano, like he was above 500, went to the playoffs a couple times. He didn't have the complete team that he would have had in Dallas. So that for me was kind of the best candidate other than the obvious Mike McCarthy, yeah. Martin Lewis or the college guys. Um, that really stood out to me. Yeah, I can see that. I just, of the college guys that stood out, I think the only thing impressive about them is what they probably could have potentially done with Dak. But when you look at it in terms of how many college coaches truly come from college to the NFL and have had tremendous success, mm-hmm. it's not a, a really long list. You know what I mean? Do you feel that Dallas is somewhat of an exception to that? Because think of like what Jerry's trying to do. He's trying to go back to the 90s. He's trying to go back to that way or that era. And what worked for him was bringing in a college guy. It did Jimmy happen. Johnson, Jimmy Barry Johnson. Switzer. Mm-hmm. And those guys didn't last long, but they just made an immediate impact. But what really helped was just making it a complete team rather than just uh, – or a complete coaching staff, I should say, rather yes. than just the head coach. Yes. You, know, you had your North Turners. You had guys around the head coach that would help. Mm-hmm. And for me, I want to get your take on this, but like talking about the coaching um, from college to, to transfer over to the NFL, like if Lincoln Riley came over, Urban Meyer came over, I think it was more important for the guys around him, like a, let's say a Lincoln Riley. I wanted a Wade Phillips. I wanted a, like a Greg Roman, like 
defensive coordinator to go along with him. Yeah, I that way that. it's offense, but then split. Yes, you take care of your business on defense. It's not just that. head coach takes care of everything. I can definitely see that. That's what that's what I felt with Jason Garrett. It was, mm-hmm. um, but that's what made it successful in, in L.A. for a couple of years. You know, when they went to the Super Bowl in those first years with Sean McVay. Yeah. It wasn't just, Sean McVay, you're the youngest head coach in NFL history. You are so creative and so wise on offense. We, we love you for that. But would it help if we had a Wade Phillips along with you that's been around the league for so long? I mean, he's like 60-plus. <laughs> he's been around, yep. and he has the defense locked in. We'll give him his players. We'll give you your players. Just make it work. Build that relationship, and we're going to win championships. Hasn't won so far, but there's been obvious success. Yes, I, I guess it depends on what you determine to be success, even though if you look at the stats, the, the amount of wins they have, yes. But the overall goal of the championship hasn't been achieved yet. So At least making it to that point, though. You're absolutely right. They did and then got their derriers handed to them very a, gently. <laughs> it was a chess match. It was great coaching against great coaching. And if you lose like that, I have no problem with that. Yeah, It's just never been the case in Dallas. Yes. You, we get out coached every single time. Oh, 100%. So, top five roster, bottom three coach yeah. almost all the time. Just no no real like confidence in the yeah. team, no matter how good they're playing on the field. It's always like once they go against a Bill Belichick or like a Mike McCarthy, remember in 2016 and yeah. all, so many years before that, you know, going against a coach like that, you're like, even if it's a home field game, you don't feel confident because it's the playoffs. Like, you got to take risks. you got to know how to manage the clock. Jason Garrett did not know how to do that. Jason Garrett is a very intelligent man. He, I mean, for good good God, the guy went to like an Ivy League school. The guy is super intelligent. The issue is there are people who can teach and there are people who can actually do. And I believe he has a solid understanding of things. He, he can interpret things. But his ability to actually get in there and implement, execute, that as he always talks about, just execute, he can't actually execute his own game plan right. and modify. I think the biggest thing is the guy's adjust ability to adjust on the fly was the worst. It he, was non-existent. He had zero adjustments. Like when you watched us play, like it was it was obvious the lack of adjustment too, especially some games during the year. We started out, notoriously, we started out pretty bad, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then we ramped up. That could be something to do with momentum, whatever the case may be. But then towards the end of the year, there was a few games where we started out awesome and then fizzled out really bad. That was coaching on their end. And it wasn't like we were playing against phenomenal coaches on those games that we lost. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, man? That's ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. I won't regress. That's too much pain. I won't go there. And we're, we're finally done with this. Yes, we are. It is so, yeah. it's a long gone subject matter. But yeah, I see where you're coming with it. I, I would have... Because I've also listened to several people talk about it too. When you like listen to the fan and other things. The big commentators get on and talk about it. Sportscasters. They're just talking about like, hey man, wouldn't you have liked to see a young offensive mind? Yeah, I probably would have. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. The thing that sparked my interest the most is... If you think about it, Lincoln Riley had two number one draft picks in quarterbacks, two first overall right. draft picks. Yeah. And, I mean, he had Kyler and Baker. I mean, two phenomenal QBs. I would have loved to have seen what he could have done to coach Dak. That For would have sure. been probably the most interesting thing. My thing is, I think we saw improvement in Dak this year. A lot of people give Dak a hard time. It's like we saw improvement. Where things probably fell apart, and, I mean, there's no way to know for sure because we're not inside his head. 
we don't know what's going on in the locker room. They, we're just outside speculation. We, we're not in the hunt with these guys. So we have no idea the difficulties that they're facing. Because they're, you could definitely see if their balloons deflate in the games. You could see that a lot of them just didn't want to do it anymore. Now, could it be that maybe Jason wasn't encouraging them? Maybe wasn't didn't have that fire to light them up? I don't know. I think when we watched All or Nothing, I think we saw Jason has a little fire in him. We've never seen the fiery side of Jason. We've only ever seen him just look solemn on the sidelines yeah. and clap and then shove guys like his notorious happy shove. Yeah. <laughs> shove guys. But apart from that, that's about the extent of what we saw. So I think it would have been great to see a guy like Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley part, paired with a phenomenal de- defensive mind. Yeah. I definitely think our current defensive minds love the guys, have done, served the team well for years. I think. When you think about what Rod did, he created an atmosphere of guys that want to be engaged on the defensive line. He created, helped foster a culture of camaraderie. Like those guys, they, they call themselves the hot boys. I don't care what the hell they call them so long as they are a team and they want to dominate. And it seems like the hunger is there. Now, the style of the defense, unfortunately, I think was a little antiquated for the time. It worked great back in 2002 when he actually did win some stuff back mm-hmm. then. Um, and over the years, the offense has changed dramatically, especially now with the the rushing quarterback. That is dramatically different. Like that style of defense, we can't we couldn't stop a screenplay with our lives. I mean, towards the end of the year, man, they're gonna throw a screen. You could almost call it. They're gonna throw a screen pass. Up oh, there, it is. Yeah, and, and it goes for thirty. Oh it goes for thirty five. It was. There's no way to stop it. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, that brings us to our next point. Is not official yet. But we're looking at Mike Nolan, mm-hmm. the linebacker coach for the New Orleans Saints, who unfortunately their season's over now. Yes. Um, close to reaching a deal as the new defensive coordinator going alongside Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Call him the M&Ms. <laughs> the M&Ms. The M&Ms. Mike and Mike. <laughs> Mike and Mike. Um, which I think, for me, like you, we, we think about the – the sexy picks that were supposed to be the head coach, Lincoln yeah. Riley, Urban Myers, yeah, um, and Mike McCarthy just being there, mm-hmm. um, and it's like a safe pick. Mm-hmm. For me, the sexy pick was actually Mike Nolan as being a defensive coordinator. I'm a huge fan of the the New Orleans Saints linebacker core: mm-hmm. AJ Klein, Demario Davis, um, who's that other name? Uh, Kiko Alonso, yep. who tore his ACL on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but those guys, along with Manti Teo, because Mike Nolan actually drafted him. Oh, Manti he Teo. did, didn't he know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was with uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, he has elevated these guys to such a high level. I think they are the best linebacker core in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I look back at like all of his history as a defense coordinator, just as a head coach throughout the years, and it's surprising how well he has grown defenses around the league, not just in one spot, not just in New Orleans. Because that defense, for me, along with that offense, was the most balanced team in the NFL. I agree. And I think they really cost themselves that game on, on Sunday. You can say it's the pass interference call. It wasn't pass interference. No, in they, they gave the game over. No. It was pretty bad. And the Vikings played very well, but the, the Saints were the better team. Like, mm-hmm. they were on paper, they were the better team. Yes. A lot of it had to do with their defense. Mm-hmm. So Mike Nolan's a big part of that. So looking back at his history, uh, he served as a defensive coordinator for the Falcons in early, like, the 2010s. Uh, Miami Dolphins right before that. Denver Broncos, Baltimore Ravens uh, in 2002 to 2004. Oh, wow. That's Ray Lewis. That's Ed Reed. 
who we helped them to be like the defensive players of the year. Yep. Uh, New York Jets in 2000, Redskins in the late 90s and the early 90s, he was with the New York Giants. Oh. So that's Bill Parcells, you yeah. know, early Bill Belichick as well. Uh, in those 17 seasons, I saw this stat, the defenses that Nolan basically took over as defense coordinator had finished top 10 in scoring eight times. So more than half that, or right around half the time, he had a top 10 defense in scoring or at least a top 10 defense in general. Mm-hmm. Um, in his time as being a head coach for the 49ers, 2005 to 2008, he drafted Patrick Willis, who became a Hall of Famer. Holy and you look back at all these guys he's drafted. He's been yeah. around Ed Reed. He's been around Ray Lewis. He drafted mm-hmm. Manti Teo. Yep. And he's been around these great linebackers through the years. Now he has Lane Vanderish. He has Jalen Smith. Sean Lee, who may have a resurgence of some sort yeah. now that he's healthy. Yeah. Um, but if they keep Malcolm Smith, which we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. you think what he can do with those those linebackers in a new blitz-heavy, more modern defense that fits more to a Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes type of style mm-hmm. to, to get to the quarterback. What he does with a more talented team now, in my opinion, now the only thing that I would worry about is that secondary. Yep. Now with a lot of them being free agents. Um, but other than that, his front seven, I think is better than what he had in New Orleans, which he can even improve even more. I agree. But now it's a whole different style of Rod Marinelli. <clears throat> Rod Marinelli's gone. Chris Richard will most likely be gone. Yep. But now it's up to him. Yep. And now having that refresher alongside Mike McCarthy, that's what the Cowboys needed. I agree. Yeah. And watching those like the ESPNs, the, the NFL networks, and one like Stephen A. Smith saying, this is, <laughs> how can you not go for the sexy pick? How can you not go for Lincoln Riley or even interview Lincoln Riley? And then on NFL Network, they're like, this is great. Like, this is unlike the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Of, like, going for the safe pick that you're going to win playoff games. You know that Mike McCarthy will win playoff games. And I was like, still, I was like teeter-totter. Like, I, was I, just, I just didn't know what to think. And then yeah. I watched the, the, the documentary. Man, that amount of preparation, dude. That is solid. Mm-hmm. You think about a guy that takes a year off from anything. Normally, it's taking a year off to calm themselves. Be with the family. Yeah. Just kind of like take a break. Disconnect. Yeah. Done. Not watch any football like because he's just tired of it. This man built a man cave <laughs> with film yep. of the Wazoo. Like has film of Aaron Rodgers' first time being on camera. Like yep. being like showing his footwork, his workouts. He's got film of Joe Montana. And him being the wide receiver, yeah. which we loved, yeah, which we loved. Fantastic. And alongside Jim Haslin and a lot of those other guys, my speculation is like, what if Jerry starts to think like, if we bring in a GM, should it be Jim Haslett that knows like the type of project that we're trying to do with Mike McCarthy? Like Jim Haslett's been around the league for a long time. He's been a head coach. He's been around. Why not bring him as a, a GM that works alongside a great relationship with Mike McCarthy that loves Mike Nolan as well? This is a whole type of setup that you can bring in. That's kind of like the Mike McCarthy project is in Dallas. Yeah. Like the whole thing's in there. That'd so be ridiculously awesome. It's amazing to yes. think, but seeing how emotional he got and his answer for well, like, why do you want to do this? And he's like, not to win championships, not to earn a big paycheck. It's for my family. Yeah. Because if I'm happy, if I'm winning, if I'm getting my project successfully, yeah, my family is going to be happy for me. And it proves a point of like, you can go from the very top of winning Super Bowl. I think it was in Cowboy Stadium that he won that Super Bowl. It was. I think it was because it was yeah. like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Winning that 
And then from that point on, just dipping mm-hmm. and, and saying, you're bland, you're, you're old school, you're not going to make it in this new era of the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers calling you out saying, like, it just doesn't work anymore. you got to adapt. Mm-hmm. And you, you're, a, you're scared to just use the word adapt mm-hmm. in Dallas because it's just never, never the case. Yeah. And then for him to say, like, all right, no one thinks that I appreciate analytics or I appreciate the new era. For me to just take a year off and say, well, motherfucker, I'm going to use every analytic that I can and execute that. Not just take them and say, oh, well, if Ezekiel Elliott runs on a fourth and one, then 90% of the time it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Well, not only thinking that, but finding the reason why and to establish that. That's what I loved about his interview and just a small little clip of that project. Um, I agree. It makes me want to go and watch the entire thing. Oh, dude. If we find it, we definitely should watch it because yeah. that looked fantastic. It's amazing how, because I, I guarantee you, if they did that with Jason Garrett, you know, they did a, a documentary on him, you would feel s- sympathy for him. Yeah, you would probably feel sympathy, but you'd also appreciate his intelligence. But you also wouldn't appreciate his lack of ability to want to try to understand or explain or be held accountable for dumb decisions. Like it, the, I think his biggest weakness was heat of the moment. Like his heat of the moment, mm-hmm. he couldn't do it. Even post game interviews, oh man, it was awful. Press conferences where he just avoids questions. He needs prep preparation. If he can't prepare for it, he's not ready to go. Yeah. But even still, though, his his preparation, he's not able to adjust on the fly. That's the big thing. So, yeah. if you're asked anything spontaneous, anything spontaneous, anything football games, questions, interviews, he just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. He was asked deliberate questions. Why? They pulled out Amari. Mark Cooper. Oh my God! And he couldn't. He tiptoed around that like a freaking champion. It was pretty phenomenal. And then he ended up pointing the finger, like, "Wow, way to go, buddy!" Like Kellen. Sorry, bud. Threw yeah. you under the bus. Threw him under the bus. Yeah. But anyway, neither here nor there. I I'm I'm starting to fall more in love with the the picks that they're doing for their coaching staff. Now there's still a lot of questions up in the air on everything um, because how much more of that influence of Mike McCarthy's coaching staff will be on the staff next year do we still have no GM where it's just going to be Jerry Jones doing everything and that's the biggest question it's like the interview that Mike McCarthy had must have impressed the hell out of Jerry Jones because not only did he give him the job like right then and there but he's like you want to stay over the night at my house oh dude when you roll out the red carpet, you stay in Jerry Jones's freaking mansion. Yeah. Like, what did he do? I think he just laid out that blueprint. It was just like, kind of just like conspiracy theory, just brought out a folder. Yeah. Like, like, like classified. <laughs> He's like, this is the Mike McCarthy project. <laughs> the Mike McCarthy project. And Jerry Jones, dear God, what is this? He goes, this is amazing. Dude I, dude, I think that guy walked in with more preparation than anyone else that walked in there. You know, like people that walk in to interviews for anything and they're like, why do you think you deserve this job? And if you ever get to a point where you, that question's asked, that means you didn't do enough to present it. I guarantee you they never asked Mike that question. Nope. They were like, hey, Mike, so, uh, yeah. When can we start? <laughs> we're we're going to throw up, you know, point of, you know, safe face. And we're going to interview a couple other guys. But we, when you want to start, <laughs> we'll get you a contract. You know what I mean? We'll get the paperwork going. And then he signed. Oh my gosh, that was so fast. At the same time, Jason is still trying to lobby for his job. Yes. How big of a fuck you, Jerry is like, yeah, Mike, we're going to give you the job. uh, Jason, just give us one more day. We'll we'll just see what we can do for you. He does later. does that so much. Did that with Dez. Oh my God. The way he dismissed him is like, "Eh, let's let's talk about it. Let's think about it. And you're gone. 
And it was far enough into the season where the biggest prospect to sign. But anyway, I think we're making intriguing steps. What it'll look like, obviously, let's just say I'm I'm excited. I'm happy about it. We'll see what happens. The biggest thing we've all been begging for is it's done. We've asked for Jason to be gone. So I'm wondering what this is going to look like because Mike's got a Super Bowl. He's a more winning coach than Jason ever was. He has the most playoff wins in the last, I want to say, 11 years, 12 years. He's like right around the top three of playoff wins. That's bananas to Alongside me. Bill Belichick, which is very nice. He's made the, the playoffs like 9 out of 13 times. Yeah, Packers. 9 out of 13 times. He's been to 4 uh, conference championships. Like NFC championships, I believe that. And then I think he also, obviously, Super Bowl, and then won that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> He has the same amount of playoff wins in Arlington Stadium than Jason Garrett did. Oh my God, there it is. Isn't that just like sad, but at the same time, like, Yay. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, that's, uh-huh. that's great. I love it. <laughs> but the guy that has been the, the Cowboys so many times in the last 10 years is now the head coach. First, I actually, I love the stat where he's the first coach to ever coach both the Cowboys and the Packers in franchise history. That is actually a really cool stat. Which is fun because you think about coaches like Tom Landry, Vince Lombardi, like all these great coaches, and none of them, like, not – like never went to somewhere else like in a big franchise because they just did so well Mm. at their own organization and then either they went somewhere else or they just retired yeah which is crazy to think because you think of like packers and cowboys as so much legacy so much history there is a lot so mike mccarthy's the guy that breaks the spell (laughs) that's gonna be intriguing it is um the the whole argument of like his analytic stuff like it won't really show until you see it on the field. And this is, for me, kind of the last stand where it's like, if you don't make it work with a guy like that, you watch how much preparation he has done and the, the history he's already had in the NFL with the Packers and the Super Bowl win. If it doesn't work then, you got to blame Jerry for everything. I already do. We all do. But, I mean, for, first off, we love Jerry. Oh, uh, no. We love Jerry and the fact that he well, – okay, let, let me rephrase. We don't love Jerry. We appreciate what Jerry has done for NFL in general. Jerry's done quite a few things for the NFL. He's elevated the Cowboys to what they are today. But in terms of what it is, he wants so badly to be involved. in the, He wants to be in the fight, and I get that. But like we've talked about this before, we need to see him do – what everyone else that's ever won do and just step back and let somebody who yeah. knows how to do it and let them do it. So less is more. There you go. Yeah. And if Jerry would ever learn that and pipe down his pride, because you're absolutely right. If he can't win with Mike McCarthy, what's the common denominator after all that? Cause you, then you go like the college route. Then you go into a young up and coming defensive or offensive coordinator, like a Sean McVay. It's like, that's probably going to – like the contract's five years. I don't know if there's an opt-out for Mike McCarthy or for the team. I'm sure there's a performance clause where they can fire you during, under a certain percentile or something like that. Apparently that doesn't matter in Dallas because you can go 10 years without winning. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of the coaching staff around him, because I love Mike Nolan, um, Chris Richard, and Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith O'Quinn, the special teams coordinator – Get him the fuck out. Get of fire his ass, because please. I, I can do damn. The, what I'm doing right now <laughs> is probably a better job than what Keith O'Quinn is doing That's with that special teams. Fire that dude. They had the 
I'm not like I'm not even like 100% sure this is an actual stat, but I'm pretty sure they have the worst special teams unit in the NFL. There's quite a few people who would agree that our special teams is absolute shit. Because for for years it's like who's our punt returner, who's our kick returner? I don't know. It's Rotates. one of the one of the wide receivers. You 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 You're run? short and you're yeah. fast. You go go. Yeah, we go, don't use go, you go. at all in Can any you catch other the aspect. Ball? Go. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes they fumble because, yeah. That they do. Yeah. That son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> make sure that if you have open field like 20 yards in front of you when the game's on the line, make sure to fair catch it. Boom. Fair yeah, catch that'll that help shit. our offense mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Don't take a hit because nope. we don't want you to get hurt. Nope. Yeah, just catch it Cause we, and kneel it. Because we don't use you for anything else. But we just want you. We we don't want you to dance. We just want to be invite. We don't want to invite you to the dance. That's all we need to do. Tavon yes. Austin, hey, we just need you a one trick play and then every punt return. Yep. You don't have to do anything else. Uh, by the way, Tavon, we're gonna go ahead and use you as our fourth and one option instead of Amari. Yeah. Right. There yeah. Easy. <laughs> right. Best option. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Jason, no. do you have anything to say about that? No, that's oh, right. Oh shit. Yeah. Boom, that just happened. Boom, roasted. Uh, yeah, no, I think we need to fire him, obviously. Um, Chris Richard. Chris Richard, obviously, I think well, we, I think we're both in agreement that he won't be here. Um, I don't think he, he will, but I think they should keep him in some aspect. Well, my thing is, the, the, the part of the defense we are most concerned with, he runs. Yeah. He is the secondary coordinator. He's the passing game coordinator. God damn. We couldn't stop a goddamn pass worth our lives. <laughs> it was so fucking pathetic to watch that shit. So for me personally, I can I can see an argument made because Chris Richard brought that that fire. Oh man. Which I love. Dude on the sidelines, he was ripping dudes. And I appreciate that. Trust me. Because football is raw emotion. And I hated watching Jason. I hated watching Wade Phillips. And because those guys are not emotional. Yeah. They're like Clap. And the only time you ever saw anything out of him, like he might drop the occasional, like when the cam zoomed in on him, like at the F button. Yeah. Like the occasional, like, oh, that sucks. Or fuck <laughs> this. But apart from that, the only emotion you ever saw from Jason is when success happened. Mm-hmm. Like he would just, you never saw him get super angry on the sidelines, which is why we all questioned, like, what's going on here? That's when we saw All or Nothing. We are like, okay, maybe he is a little fiery. Mm-hmm. But I mean, his job is obviously as a coach. Your job is to taper your, the expectations of your people, not only just to coach them, but also to freaking boost their fucking morale, man. Yeah. Elevate your team, like you were saying before, to greatness. And you're not going to do that by being an emotionless little asshole. We need to get the team going. And Chris Richard, uh, to bring it full circle, that guy brought some serious fire. Like, I appreciated watching that guy rip people when the defense sucked. He would pull the entire defense yep. and throw down a clipboard. You suck. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. You're fuck cool. You. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're right. cool. Fuck you. Sean Lee, good game. <laughs> this is awesome. You broke another hamstring. Sorry. <laughs> fuck you. Get out. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like, honestly, there's several aspects of our defense that I was disappointed in. We we give we see all we see a theme here, and this just means we've only got a, a sampling of two because our offensive line has been pretty good apart from them falling apart like tissue paper once they get paid. Um, you you see our defense, like Dez got paid, he sucked. Yeah. I don't want to see a repeat with Tank. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Tank sucks because Tank's got play. 
It's yeah. kind of going to that point, though. It, I was disappointed with it. His was, play. It was scary watching it because I'm like, dude, he's one of the high. He's literally one of the highest paid defensive players in the NFL. Like he's up there with QB pay money. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's in the twenties for crying out loud. But anyway, um, everyone compensates sacks as play. I think that's part of it. I think there should be an expectation of it when, especially when you're paid that kind of money. Like you should be able to perform well enough at that level. Like, hey, you're this good. You get paid this much money. I should at least get 10, 12 sacks out of you. Like, yeah. I'm not asking for 16 to 20 sacks, but I at least need to see 10 to 12 minimum because he wreaks havoc on the sideline he covers. Yeah. He's he's good at bringing havoc. And he's, you actually watch that dude play, man. He, I love watching him crash the play. Because he would crash across and catch the defender or the the running back and crash it. Like he's good at stuff like that. He's good at getting the backfield. He his last minute plays where you watch, I just don't think he had that step anymore. But maybe people are got onto his game and just throw it faster. But his step that he had when he had that uh, all those sacks that we had just a year ago, like the contract year, the contract year. And then the little final year to improve it. Yeah. I mean, in good grief, two years he had twenty five sacks. It was a twenty. He has twenty five sacks. And then the year after he dips. I mean, he still had a decent amount, but I want to see a bigger performance from a guy mm-hmm. who's paid like that. Um, which uh, in, which should have been the case because of a, an improved line overall. Dude, our defense like Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, Robert Quinn was. I think he was a, a good acquisition. I wouldn't say a great acquisition. I'd say good because his play dipped through the year as yeah. well. Because he was only good a few games. When and he came out like guns blazing. Dude, he. I think he had a point to prove, which I appreciate. It was like, keep proving your point all year long. <laughs> don't stop at three. You know, just don't get your sacks and be, oh, look at me. I'm the snake. Stop doing your snake. Because <laughs> you, you didn't do it all the way through. So, anyway. Those two guys on the other side, uh, opposing side of each other, I thought was fantastic because it scared the shit out of offensive coordinators. Yeah. But if you think about it, really all you had to do was push those guys out and run right up the goddamn middle Mm -hmm. because we couldn't. Couldn't stop the run. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Our interior line was pathetic, and you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, Chris Richard, I think, could you make an argument to keep him a secondary coach, I I argue no, simply because look at the, the dipped play of our secondary. I think Cheeto Ouzier looked like trash this year. He did not look good. Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis didn't prove who Chris Richard benched for a long time. What the hell, man? He's been that good this whole time. He didn't. He wasn't like, hey, let's not keep playing this guy. I wonder how good he would have been if we wouldn't have benched him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Anthony Brown, give him that. He, before he got hurt, I wouldn't say he's a great player, but I would say he was serviceable. He was right at par with Chidobe. He was he was serviceable. Yeah. Chidobe became a liability towards the end of the season. It really did. Which was like, thank God they finally benched him in game 17. Where it didn't matter. Dumb fucks. <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> and then you got salty, uh, not Kayvon Frazier, Kayvon Frazier, whatever, um, Xavier Woods, who I think is dipped this year. I don't think he's... I had a lot of hope for Xavier Woods. I really thought he would improve with Jeff Heath getting hurt a lot, and it just didn't show. There His was a lot QB of rating coverage. is worse than Jeff Heath's. Oof. Jeff Heath, I think, was like in the, the high 70s, which that's bullshit, but still. I, I would say that's mediocre. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Xavier's was like in the high 80s. 
if I looked at that stat last time. Now, don't don't quote me on that because I remember I think Xavier was slightly higher than. Um, it might be reversed. I might be wrong on that. Either but way, either way, they they're it's not great. Not what it should be. So, I think, eh, I, argument could be made though. The to, argument is. I brought in these guys, and when they first started, they were nothing. And then I, whoever made that decision to switch Byron Jones from safety to corner, was the best decision they've made in a long time. Well, I think that was an obvious choice, though. Byron is a freak athlete who yeah. sucked at safety, who was a fantastic corner in right. college. He is a lockdown athlete. He can hang with anybody. Mm-hmm. He just can't intercept the ball worth it. <laughs> the guy's got. I mean, does he have good hands? I don't know. I've never seen him catch a ball, so I don't yeah, know. But they never throw it to his side of the field. That's why. The, he's a lockdown corner. Yeah. He locks that down. So um, I, I, He's the solid anchor I hope we don't lose. but That's that's going to be tough. I think it is because I think he's going to – who knows, man? We've been surprised before. But I think he's going to command a lot of value in the market, and I think he's going to probably go for it. Man. Mm-hmm. And it's bully for him. Make more money. Cool. But uh, – the only downside is he just can't intercept the ball, mm-hmm. and I don't know if we we have the ability to coach anybody up to be to that no, caliber. No, not not with this group. No. So Chris tried. It's like I brought in these guys, and for like when I transferred over to defensive coordinator play calling, that's when they dipped. So maybe the focus, if I just go in there and say these are my group of guys, I will go to Mike Nolan for everything else. But for me, this is my group, and I will make sure they're damn good when they reach the field. When you know got the draft coming up, there are some people that, in my opinion, would be great with that secondary. Um, Grand Delpit from LSU. Mm-hmm. They have the 19th or 17th pick, 17 or 19th. I keep forgetting, um, but that would put them in a good spot to get Grant. And with all this, the you know the talk about getting Jamal Adams, the talk about getting Earl Thomas, the, just not the case anymore. Maybe Jamal happen. Adams, like he wants to play in Dallas because that's his hometown. Maybe that, but they're gonna have to pay him. Wasn't Jamal Adams upset that the Jets were yes. trying to trade him? Like, they they weren't. He wasn't upset with the fact that he didn't get traded to Dallas. It was the fact that they told him, "Hey, we're not gonna trade you, so don't worry about it." Yeah. And then like a week yeah. later, they're like, "Oh, we're open to offers," and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, that was kind of shitty. Yeah, that was. It really was. But I think it was also to be a dick because what do they ask for? Two first rounds and a second round. Uh, two first rounds. Uh, a second round or maybe two second rounds as well. I think the the asking price for him, don't get me wrong, he's a good player. I don't think he's worth that. But can you can you say that anything that like any contract or any offer is really like a good deal, or do you always have to really overpay for someone? Like uh, right now, I think Amari was worth the first round pick we gave. Yes, I think his play has dipped, but that's the mm-hmm. argument. But his first year when we took him. He was worth that first round because he elevated our offensive play. He brought us from the brink last year, mm-hmm. the last half of the season, obviously, when we took him because his his stats were phenomenal. We're right up there, yeah. He was he was top 10, top 5 at least. I don't know if he's number 1, and I don't think he's worth getting number 1 pay. That's the issue with me is that what was expected out of him was a long-term – type of solution like Des was for so long yeah when really it's only been like maybe a year and a half of Amari Cooper really dominating and then now we're just kind of up in the air like can he even stay on the field for longer than a game without being hurt like how's that foot doing how's that knee doing which foot are we talking about because both of them looked bad the dude was falling apart he was falling apart and that was the case with the drops in Oakland he had injuries as well 
He had problems in Alabama with drops and with injuries. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a consistent thing. So how can we really judge, like, this is a long-term solution? I don't so think that, it's long-term. I think it was a good short-term. Well, it was it was an investment that if we would have – if it would have panned out because – let's think about it. Jerry, he plays – he's a Vegas man. He bets the odds. He's a betting man. He's a gambling man. And he does a lot of gambles that several of them don't pan out. Amari probably would have been – a good long term if he wouldn't have been hurt like you were saying. Yeah. But I feel like Jamal Adams would fall in that, that consideration that like that's a long term solution. You yeah. may have to overpay for him. Yeah. But how long have they been searching for a safety? Too fucking long. Like when was the last one? Um wasn't I forget his first name, uh Williams. Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Roy Williams. What was the the saying? Uh the world is covered in seventy five percent water and the rest is covered by Roy. <laughs> Dude, it was he was a phenomenal player, was. and I was he loved, corner or safety? He was safety. Man, I don't think he was a corner. He was safety. He was. He was hard hitting. That dude's hits like they made rules because that dude broke fools' ankles. Man, the horse collar was because of Roy. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Roy yep. broke yep. dude's ankles because of that. He'd like run up behind him, like, ah! broken ankles, and he was like, "What?" Walk <laughs> off. I was like, "Oh." That dude is mad. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I know you're right. And that was, God, that was a long ass time ago. It was. So yeah. either you go the Jamal Adams route or Grant from LSU. I think we should shoot for the draft personally, but granted, I have no clue what we're going to do because it's like a goddamn Russian roulette with the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea. Are we going to trade for somebody? We're going to do it. Like, the Cowboys make some ridiculous moves that are pretty awesome. And then sometimes they make the stupid, like, more often than not, stupid moves that were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. They, but, they have a shown history of doing mid-team picks in the draft first round or later in that first round. It's because we do mediocre, man. When we do mediocre, that's what's always going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do I, I think, what was it somebody was saying? I think, it, was I talking to you about it? Where they should just allow the performance to tank and then so they can do... Better in the draft. Exactly. I think it's, honestly, man, I don't know what to say in that regard because I want to see him win and succeed, but we just don't, we've never had it. There, It starts at the top and works its way down. We mentioned this last time because obviously it always goes back to leadership and leadership doesn't start with Mike McCarthy. It starts with Jerry. And it's a long way down before you get to Mike McCarthy exactly. because it's just Jerry all the way down. Maybe there's Steven. V, there's VPs galore. There's VPs in between him, like personnel and the way they do operations. Obviously, Steve, Steven's in there as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just saying, man, that that's a conversation for another day. But, like, if you were mentioning earlier, like, bringing in a GM, that would be phenomenal to see. I've given up hope on it because it's been 25 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to keep believing in Jerry's going to relinquish the reins. At the rate we're going, I think he's an old man set in his ways. Interesting to say that, though, because it's also kind of calling me out on it because he hired Mike McCarthy. He did the he did the right thing. He didn't hire a flashy. He's flashy. Jerry's Fair. always flashy. If it's not flashy, he didn't go for it. I mean, it's like, not Bill Parcells, not Wade Phillips. Who controversial flashy, too. Yeah. I mean, how many flashy players do we sign that are controversial? Greg Hardy. 100%. Like, uh, we time. hired Pac-Man. Oh, oh, don't remind me. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the one that nobody wants to remember. Lee, how dare you bring that up? My bad, bro. 
My bad. You know the meme, right? <laughs> it's it's been on the podcast where he's like garbage. Yeah. Turtle Park. Garbage. <laughs> like I don't remember Pac-Man Jones as a player. I remember him as that. Yeah. And is. I forget that he played for the Cowboys. Because he was the punt return too. Yes, he was. Oh dear God. Oh. That was, like, I think that was the last good punt return we had. Yeah, he was. Oh my god. Isn't that sad? Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's so much stuff we need to improve. But yeah. I think Richard, obviously our game can be made, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't really. know. He should be... If he's focused on the secondary, maybe we can improve it. Yes. But he wasn't given enough, I think, to do that, though. You know what I mean? It, it was crazy to think that, like, earlier, midway through the season, I was, like, campaigning for this guy to be the head coach for the Cowboys or be a head coach somewhere. Or even before the season, it was like, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. And now it's like, uh, should we? Uh, yeah, I'm with it's, you. It's tough to say through just like one season that like that hype just goes completely down. Yeah, I see Speaking that. of someone that went from hype all the way down, Kellen Moore. Oh my God. And dude. I think this is where we disagree a lot. Because mm-hmm. I think him alongside Mike McCarthy, as far as a young prospect, young like a sponge type of Kellen Moore that wants to learn way more a guy like Mike McCarthy that would be just a great teacher's pet in a sense. Kellen Moore, for me, Mike McCarthy did a lot of the play calling in Green Bay. He was the offensive coordinator, basically. And I I see him doing the same thing here, but imagine just keeping Kellen Moore and kind of teaching him a lot more of the ways and saying, look, maybe I'll do kind of like a play call at the beginning of the season and work our way into you doing the play calling. But if you're wanting to do a more creative sense – which we didn't see much of later in the season. Like the playbook was open, according to Jerry Jones, when Whatever. there was inside zones and power Seven outs. to ten plays rotated. Exactly. Well, like that's not game. killing more. Like, I don't see that as killing more. Yeah. Bubba Bunch formation, I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to take full credit for that because I saw it for the Cowboys, <laughs> and it's taking over around the league. I'm taking full credit for that. Whatever, dude. For sure. Because <laughs> that yours. is the Bubba Bunch formation. You have that. Um, I'd say keeping him... Unless you bring in a big name that's been with Mike McCarthy for a long time and nothing really stands out. I have no name comes to mind right now where I think Mike would just go, hey, I got to have you with me, bro. Yeah. We want to like succeed. Like you'd be better than me at, at play call. Yeah. I don't see anybody doing that because I thought Mike offensively was pretty damn good. Like it, I wouldn't say his offense was – the years he was there, they had – obviously they had Aaron Rodgers, so that may be skewed. I don't know. But their offense wasn't bad. They had a few years that was pretty shitty, especially towards the end of his mm-hmm. tutelage. It was pretty bad. But, I mean, for the most part, his offense was notably known to be good. And Mike was the one calling the shots on that, not his offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Maybe maybe Kellen steps in and does good. I don't know. Do but, you want Kellen Moore back? I, here's what I would say. I would say I don't not want Kellen Moore. Does that make sense? Like, I would say, Kellen, come back. But, like you said... He's just going to be a figurehead in position learning. So he's ultimately, hey, we're going we're gonna to title you offensive coordinator, but Mike's the offensive coordinator. Because I don't see Kellen stepping in. What was it? A couple of guys on ESPN were saying, and NFL Network were saying, I just don't know if Kellen can get in there and lead men. And yeah. I, I, this is where I struggle with that is because Kellen – He's the same age as he's – he's not the same. He's a little older. He but literally he's played with these guys a couple years saying. ago. How do you get in there and say, I'm going to lead you? And he wasn't now there. He was, to me. he was never the leader to begin mm-hmm. with. That's like saying now he's on Tony Romo status. You know what I mean? There's a certain level of respect that's got to come with that. Yeah. Mike 
salty, grizzled, seasoned guy. Dude, they're going to mad respect this guy. The guy looks salty and grizzled, yeah. for God's sake. Remember when he was clean-shaven his early years? Now he's just got, like, the salty he, beard. He's becoming, like, he's <laughs> looking like Wade Phillips. Dude. In my opinion. I'm like, that's maybe a good thing. Yeah. kind of like knows? that. Who knows? Maybe he'll get a, a mean scowl like Bill Belichick eventually and just scowl the whole damn time. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Who knows? But I think Kellen could potentially be good, but... We haven't had a big enough sampling, and everyone's just like the second coming of everything with Kellen. And I'm like, look, man, the way I see it, Kellen did – I mean, we, we saw pre-snap motions that we haven't seen. And I don't think we're not going to see that with Mike. I think Mike is going to do well with it. Do I think he's going to do good? I have no clue. I think he could potentially, maybe eventually, because I think he's got a good football IQ. Him underneath Mike McCarthy I think would be the best thing for yeah. Kellen. But, I mean, you could also do that as, like, a paper boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like – True. I, I'm just saying, if we, he's going in there to be a figurehead, basically, at that point. I just don't know how I feel about that. I think everyone now should be contributing. And I don't know if Kellen's got that. Kellen has a brilliant mind. And he probably can point out stuff. His football IQ – I would – I don't know if his football IQ is higher than Tony's. I'm just going to be honest. They might be on par with each other. Maybe no, Tony would be. I think Tony's is higher. Man, I didn't Tony's, thought about Tony coming in. Tony's football IQ is outrageous, and if that dude ever stepped in, because obviously that that shenanigans between him and CBS, I don't know if it's settled. I don't keep up with that. I just love watching the guy on Sundays. You know yeah. what I mean? Watching Tony do his thing, because that guy's prep is unlike anything. When you listen to that guy talk, it's phenomenal. Not only that, he has fun. Oh my God, he has so much like fun. Like my dream is to be on CBS, be the next Jim Nance, but to be next to Tony Romo. Dude, that would be so much I'd fun. I'd have so much fun with him. Oh my God. We'd have, like, I would, I mean, I would bow down to him because yeah. I'm like, you are the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history. Don't at me. No, and That's no, my dude. opinion. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think but, Tony definitely is there, and a lot of people want to hate on him. It's like, look, man. You can only carry so much on your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Like, Frodo couldn't carry anybody. And Sam can't carry 10 Frodos. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just not there. There's a limitation to how much weight you can carry on your shoulders before you... You tank. Yeah. Love your Star Wars reference. Oh, dude. That's, well, that that wasn't Star Wars. <laughs> but okay. I'm going to punch you later about this. We're gonna, I knew you'd get that we're one. We're going to have a conversation about this. <laughs> but okay. That's why we need video on the podcast. <laughs> your reaction is like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, but okay. Uh, uh, we'll just roll with it because I'm a, I'm a guest for you. I love doing that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I Like I said, we'll see what happens. I think... It'd be interesting to see what Mike decides to do because it sounds like Jerry gave Mike free reign of his staff, like you were saying. I don't know. If, I don't full reign maybe, but I think Mike's got to have like the majority say. Yeah. Because honestly, fire the, the special teams coordinator. We already mentioned that. Get rid of Chris Richard. I think he's gone unless he wants to step down and just do secondary coach. Because mm-hmm. when he was just focused on that, it was pretty good. It was really good. Because he immediately transitioned. He made – he made the decision to move, and he wants to get credit for that moving Byron over. I've been saying move Byron over to corner, so maybe I should get the credit. Hey, fucking! I'll take Bubba Bunch. You take Byron. Boom! All I got it. Byron going to cornerback. Suck it, Chris. And then <laughs> um, Chris Richard going back to secondary. Maybe that'd be cool, but I don't see him wanting to step down unless he just doesn't have a position elsewhere because he's interviewing. Mm-hmm. I don't know for if sure. he'll ever get anything. It sounds like he's not getting any prospects, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, the spots are filling a lot. Oh, they're filling yeah. fast, too. Um, 
Mark Colombo is also a name I didn't consider, but I would love. Okay, so first off, Mark Colombo, great offensive anchor. He was the right tackle for years. But I think he was left tackle for a bit and then right tackle. Mark Colombo was phenomenal. I love watching the guy play. The guy's a freaking house. He would block, and then he brought back the nastiness to our own line, in my opinion. I felt like Alexander came in, no fault to him. He's had success in the past. But our our pass, our blocking fell apart like no one's business. Watching it, it hurt watching our offensive line. It was like, Tyrone doesn't miss stuff like that. What's going yeah. on? It had to have been like some mechanic breakdown that he was being taught or something that he says, you need to do this. And I got to believe that these guys are consummate professional athletes who would submit to good coaching. And if they're told a good coach comes in and listen to it, I got to believe they're probably listening because I think that's what a consummate athlete will do. Yeah. I think if you walked up to Tyrone and said, Tyrone, I can help improve your block. I think he's open to listening to what you have to say. I don't think he's the guy who's like, fuck you, dude. That's not Tyrone. First off, it's nowhere near his character. The guy is the yeah. quietest man on earth. Like you could shit talk him all day long. He's just a mountain. And he doesn't move, literally, and you can't get past it. So either way, I think it'd be great to keep Mike. Because one of the things I watch a lot of is I watch a lot of offensive defensive line play. A lot of people want to watch the flashy secondary, mm-hmm. the specialty, the the skilled player positions, which I think that's awesome. But It all starts at the line. The mechanics of the offensive and defensive line is an ultimate chess game. Those guys play chess more than anyone else on a constant, regular basis. Mm-hmm. Now, an argument will be made because obviously all special all, – all skilled players are constantly playing chess. I, I will say that. But offensive and defensive line play, it's about position of hands. It's about the correct step. If you miss that one little – and these aren't like massive, like, let me take a man step. These are like half a foot, one foot steps. These are choppy little quick steps. And watching these guys do it, and they brought back the mechanics. Now, I, you can't fix the injuries, unfortunately. And I just hope that that gets fizzled out next year. Like, give Tyrone some rest. Let his back heal. Let his his freaking man-sized elbow heel <laughs> and then get Zach. Whatever happened to his back, man, I hope that gets fixed. And then Lyell, his freaking knee. And then Travis, I think, just needs time, and I think he'll eventually get back. At least that's my hope he'll get back to where he was. I think he got better towards as the season progressed because in the beginning of the season, yeah. it was rough, man. But as it progressed, watching Travis in the line, watching him do his thing because – Whenever you watch pre-snap, Travis is constantly pointing, constantly doing this, telling guys what to do. He's the offensive line quarterback. Yeah. He's telling the guys. He literally immobilizes half the defense with his play. Our offensive line does really well when Travis is in there. When Travis was there, we do much better. Now, I would say I think if we kept Mark Colombo, I think it would potentially get better. But unless you brought me somebody who's a million times better – I don't know if I would see getting rid of Mark Coleman, mm-hmm. but that's me personally. Who knows? Maybe there's somebody better. I don't know. To, it's not like anyone looks up a whole roster of offensive line coordinators. Who does that? <laughs> uh, maybe I do. I'll be honest. Maybe I do. You probably. I will now after this. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go it's look like, up hmm, all of them. What's a sexy pick here? <laughs> We're going to Google this and see oh. this. <laughs> Been ESPN. around the league for 30 years, huh? On mm. ESPN. Huh? Say it again, but slow. <laughs> Oh. oh, shit. Yeah, we need you. Oh, you're yeah. under the Bill Belichick tree? Mm. Oh. Sexy. Say, say less. <laughs> say 
<laughs> you scared me. <laughs> I scared myself. To be honest. Um, all those reports that came out like right after the Redskins game, where it's like the whole coaching staff is gonna be told that they're fired. I was like, I'm not surprised. I wasn't totally broke up. I wasn't surprised, but that's all rumor. Yeah, obviously. and then that was way before Mike McCarthy was even yeah, considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think now it's kind of open to debate, but I, there's a solid argument to keep at least some of the guys. Like I could see Gary you. Brown, running back coach, love the guy. All yeah. or nothing was really good mm-hmm. uh, representation of how good of a coach and play, or person he is. Yeah, because the way he dealt with Zeke's issues off the field, yep. he just sounded like, "Hey, I'm here for you. Come over to the house. Let's all have fun." Take care of it. Yeah. And then did you see the clip like at the Redskins game? Like as they were winding down last few minutes of the game, he sat down with Zeke and Pollard. He's like, I don't care what happens. My contract is ending on like on Monday. I don't know if I'm gonna have a job or not, but I care about you guys. I am here for you, no matter what you need. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that's, that's a guy. quality, man. That's quality. He actually lives in Keller, I think. Yeah, he does. Which yeah. is like if I meet him, like, it's uh because I, 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 I've told people, I'm like, if I meet Jerry, if I meet Jason, I'm like, I don't want a picture with you. I don't want to meet you. No touchy. But Gary, it's like, I guarantee you, he probably doesn't get noticed as much around. The only people who, the flashy positions are the coordinators. Yeah. The, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Kellen Moore walked in. I'd yeah. be like, oh, oh my God, Kellen Moore. Moore. No one's going to see Mark Colombo. Mark Colombo walks or, in. First off, Mark Colombo, he doesn't look like a superstar, first off. The guy looks like a grizzled athlete. <laughs> When you look at him, you're just like, damn, that's... Who do you play for? You are a man. <laughs> Mark Colombo looks like he's back in shape, too, because he he put on some weight after he got out, and then, man, he slimmed down. I was like, shoot. This Ladies guy will is... be like, are you that Christoph Porzangas guy? <laughs> He'd be like, yes, yes, I am. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. You <laughs> how, do you say, how do you say yes in his language? <laughs> da. <laughs> I'm guessing here. Da. I, I don't know if that works because uh, I don't know. What country is Portuguese? Right? I don't know. Uh, let's look this up. You know, da on is, the fly. We're Chris, doing this. First of all, let's spell his name. You, good um, luck. I don't have Thank it. God for autocorrect on Google. Thank God for The country. He is from Latvian. Or yep. he's, he's Latvian, so he's Latvian. So oh, yeah. they have their own language, right? Yep. So with that being said, <laughs> la, uh, oh my God, you're say doing it. yes <laughs> in Latvian. You're doing it. I swear to God, if it's da, we're ending this podcast right now. <laughs> ah, one letter off, ja. Okay, yeah. Dang. We got to restart this whole thing. Yeah, this whole uh, thing's got to go all over again. All right, you might as well it. retire at 100. You ruined it. I'm sorry. Anyways. But yeah, so Gary Brown's also another guy that I'd keep. I think Gary Brown. I think argument for Mark Colombo. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with linebackers because that dude has been pretty on point for me. But I wonder what they're going to do with him. This is where it gets a lot of fun on this podcast because we're going to speculate the hell out of this. I, I, okay, let's speculate. Stay with me. Speculate. What I think is going to happen: either bring in Troy Aikman or Tony Romo mm-hmm. as your GM. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> Kellen Moore stays as your offense coordinator. Okay. He is basically the reincarnation of what Jason Garrett was as an offensive coordinator earlier in the 2000s. So they're going to basically mold him into a head coach. But a better version. But a better version because, with a more creative offense. Okay, okay, okay. I'm with, you. I'm with you. By then, Kellen Moore will be past the age of 20. 
He'll actually have some wrinkles <laughs> on his face. He's got some, hey man, you got some Mars on there? there he'll finally go. graduate high school is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so then he'll grow into a man that yes. people will respect. He'll become the head coach. So then on your defensive side, however long you want to keep Mike Nolan for, you want to do that. Bring in, for, for right now, as long as Kellen Moore is kind of like that. Oh my God, teacher's I think bed. you're going to go where I think you're going. Where are you going? Mike, Lowen's, Mike Nolan's defensive coordinator for your linebacker coach. You put in Sean Lee. Oh, I knew you were going to go there. Sean mm. Lee becomes mm. the coach that everyone wants him to be. That would be so sad. Plays one more year, maybe. But if Sean Lee walks into Jerry's office tomorrow and says, I want to be the linebacker coach, Jerry would say, Jerry's yes. like, How much money do you want? Yes. Because I will probably pay you more than Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Dude, okay, first off, Sean Lee has the utter, the complete and total respect of the entire defense. Number one. He is the coach. He is the, he coach. Is the coach. You watch him on All or Nothing, like he called out the coach. Like, dude, that doesn't make any sense. You can't do that. There can't be two people in that position. That makes absolutely no sense. You're wrong, coach. And I was like, damn, Sean. Get him. Get him. Like, we we all share a name with him. Yuck him. We're all Lees. Yuck him. We're feisty. Yuck Watching Sean do his thing. First off, I'm a big Sean Lee fan. Sean Lee, that's my boy right there. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. He's the baddest man on earth made of tissue paper. But he is <laughs> he is a bad dude when he is when he is healthy. Scary. That dude is scary. scary. Now, he's not as fast as he was because when he was younger, man, that guy had the lateral movement that everyone loves. Would LVE stay with any for. slot receiver. He could, he could for sure. He's like LVE is now. The only difference is he didn't have the neck problems. Yeah. So come to find out, that's scoliosis or whatever, or stenosis. So that that's fucking up his neck. Whatever. Hopefully that this surgery helps with that. But dude, Sean and Lee. And when Sean Lee oh goes to, to linebacker coach, you're doing it. LVE will have a great career. Oh my god, you're doing it. So then it. when Mike Nolan leaves, put Sean Lee as the defense coordinator. Who takes over as linebacker coach? LVE. Oh my god. Am I dropping panties right now? Oh, they're they're falling. One more. Oh my word! This isn't over yet. This isn't over. Oh my god! What do you got? Jason Wynn takes over oh, as GM. Oh my god! Tony Romo becomes the head coach. Tony Romo becomes the head coach. I will lose my fucking mind. Tony Romo, that dude's analytics is the best of anyone. Watching him, like when the first year everyone watched him, it was like everyone it was a smooth trans. Watching him go from from player to commentator. In his first year, and then watching Jason Wynn go from player to commentator first year. Oh my year, god! It was like watching polar opposites. Yeah. It was like watching the most excruciating thing you could possibly watch when Jason's doing it. Like if you you're hearing screeching nails on a chalkboard, that was Jason. Unfortunately, yeah. love Jason. Jason, that he's a legend, and he will be a legend forever. Forever will he be the man known as the play. The rule that when your helmet comes off, the play is that dead. Is your play. Because that motherfucker is a bad man. It. He's like normal grown men be like, oh, let me get on a knee. Let me end this play. That dude says, no, nope, I can get more yards. Against the most physical team that we'll probably go against because it's our rival. Oh, my God. He went for it in Philly. In Philly. And he got a – he ate that, that yard up. He ate that field, man. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. So, anyway, great guy. And you're watching Tony. Tony, I loved watching him transition to commentating because that dude, his person, we got to see his personality. Loves football. Oh my God, he's. Loves it. 
I'm watching a fellow fan commentate on the sport that I love yep. in a manner that's not a dick move. Mm-hmm. He's not like, well, you should have done that. Now, he does do that. He'll call people out when he sees like, bullshit. Uh, like, he does that where he's like, I don't want to be rude, but like... But he's not like a dick. No. He's not like, well, what? Where's he thinking? It's like, Tony is the consummate professional on how he approaches things. I, I can appreciate and respect his approach to all of that. The guy is a consummate professional in everything in all things mm-hmm. you watch the the football life of tony loved it oh my god that was I amazing cried. oh it brought me to tears that dude missed the greatest pass of his career because of the fucking nfl and then what do they do years later it was a catch guys do we even know what a football move is now no we have no fucking clue as an ohio move. state fan watching that college football playoff <laughs> And they say, that's not a football move. Even though he took four steps and he tucked the ball in. One, two, three, four balls in and it falls out when he hits the ground. Incomplete pass. What? Yeah. That was ridiculous. Football moves are not my thing. I I think they hate me. On a side note to that, for all of (laughs) Michael Irving's faults, I appreciated him calling out the bullshit when it happened to, what was it, Jesse... Jesse James? Jesse, when it happened to Jesse James, everybody's like, oh my god, that was a complete pass. That was the exact same move that happened yep. to Dez. And for all of Michael Irving's passionate, overwhelming antics. I can imagine him with like a neon green suit. Dude. <laughs> he had flower arrows on him and shit. <laughs> and he's just like going off. He's like, what the hell, guys? This happened to me. That was a catch. Then my boy was a catch. I'm just like, he... He called out all the bullshit, yeah, and I appreciated it. Because all of us will forever remember. It's like, remember the Alamo. That was a catch. Mm-hmm. It was a catch. Yes, it was. I love Jamie Crockett. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, uh, no, you, seriously, you though. You like where I went with that, though? I did. Like, it was, it like, was well done. I, I see, like, you can add DeMarcus Ware into there oh. at some point. Dude, if D. Ware became... Okay, first off. So we sit here... Sean Lee, I think, carries a lot of weight. And you know what is interesting? You see D-Ware around Dallas all the time. He still lives in Southlake. Yeah. Um, now, his most recent thing was actually working for the, yeah. the Denver Broncos. He mm-hmm. actually did work with the Cowboys a little bit. A little bit. Um, as a, like as a, a consultant. A consultant, yeah. yeah consultant. Which won't interfere with like rules or anything. But like definitely, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't be a coach, at some type of coach. With Could the you Dallas see Cowboys. that guy? Could you see him coaching Tank? What would happen with Tank's play? Oh, dear God. What would happen with Tank's play? What would happen with Malik Collins' play? Antoine Woods. Antoine Woods' play. Ooh. Dude, first off, Antoine had a couple games, man, where he lived in the backfield. I, I love Antoine Woods. And, just, and my favorite memory like to this day is when they were playing the Bucks. And he sacked Jameis Winston, and he did the W where he was eating the W, like Jameis Winston speech. Yeah. And he did it right in front of his face, and he's just like going at it, like Antoine Woods would. And I'm like, I love you. You're going to be the future. Dude, if we if we can retain Antoine Woods, I think it'd be interesting to see what he could do for us. He's a unique, unknown athlete. You know what I mean? He for came sure. out of nowhere. So yeah, I'm just saying, on that point, we have a lot of. Cowboy greats that I'd love to see come back. Yeah. Sean Lee, Jason Witten is a coach. Sean Lee is a coach. Oh my god. Keep it in the family. Like that that's perfect. You want to talk family? Like the family business, you own the team, bitch. <laughs> Let people who know how to do it do it. God damn. 
You get all the royalties. You get all the money. You don't need the fucking gold sticky star because you were the general manager. Shut the fuck up. Get your goddamn championships. Let's do. Let's let's kind of replicate what's going on. What are the fucking Patriots doing right now? Yeah. You and I have had this conversation before. Step back. Let a good general manager. Let a good coach do their fucking job. Mm-hmm. So maybe we see that. Tony Romo, though, man. Be fun. You want to talk about lighting my world on fire. Oh, my God. People give him shit. The dude is a genius. He is. He's a genius. And he understands football probably better than most people. Like, watching that guy talk and break down football, he he doesn't, like, have football analytics. He doesn't have that company giving him shit. He is the analytics. He's doing it himself, (laughs) man. He watches a shit ton of tape. This guy is a fucking monster. Anyway. You, must, you got me all riled up. I'm telling you. You got like, me riled I, up. I'm this all, was like, me last night. I was just like kind of doing like the calculation <laughs> in my head. I was like. I'm a little hot and heavy this. right now about this. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Mike McCarthy though. Oh. I don't want to win one. I want to win all of them. So That's what I love. The thing that sold me, and it's always the, the, the catching statement that keeps with you. So like anytime I've interviewed guys who wanted sales positions, one of the greatest things I ever heard from somebody, he goes, what's one thing you would leave me with? That I need to know. He goes, just that, just that I'm going to grind, bro. Just that I'm going to go get it. I'm not going to stop. And then you hear Mike go, why do you need this? Why do you, why are you coming back? Because my family needs football. Immediately gets emotional. My family needs football. I need this. We need this. From all the shit that's gone through. He couldn't even break down because it's a, it's not one, it's not one thing. For Mike, it was multiple things. It was an emotional thing because there is something heavy. There was a hurt there. There's there was a pain there. there. There's an ego. There's hurt. There's pain. And I'm just like, is Mike going to come out here with a vengeance and rip some fucking ass? Beat the Packers in the playoffs? Dude, if they beat, we beat the Packers in the playoffs. First off, if Mike is the one that redeems us, how fucking hilarious is that? Would that would be great. Go after Matt LaFleur, Mike. Go, go fuck his world up. <laughs> Let's fuck up Aaron Rodgers' world. Because do I want some redemption for playoff play? Fuck right I do. Because it's the goddamn Packers that deep throw You know us. what makes it better? What's that? Do it in Lambeau. Oh. oh, oh. Mm, you, sir? Mm. Can't stand up. I can't. Can't stand up. It's, it's, if I move, look, look. it's like, it's a thud. It's a thud every time I stand. Oh, my God, dude. Oh. All right, let's let's get a little sad though. Okay, what you this got? is where what this is where got? we talk about free agents, and this is probably going to be the most difficult part for for Mike McCarthy and Mike uh, Nolan for sure. What you got? Is how how many fucking oh free agents god. there are? Oh my god! Um, I have the list right here. Okay, what you got there? Um, let's just name them right off. These are unrestricted free agents who have any freedom to go wherever they want. Start off with the offense, which is not a lot, uh, but good names. Dak Prescott, Kevin yeah. Austin, yeah. Uh, Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, Jason Wynn, Jason Looney, Xavier Zuafilo, Malik, or yeah, so Zuafilo's the last one. Um, this is where I was also getting very, like, imagination, because I've talked about how, like, I, I don't feel like Amari Cooper is going to be the long-lasting option for this. But Mike McCarthy now adds a different realm to how I look at Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb because of that relationship that Cobb and Mike McCarthy had yep. in Green Bay. But you think about what Mike McCarthy had in Green Bay with his wide receivers. He not only did have a, a tremendous quarterback, but he had Randall Cobb. He had 
you know, Devontae Adams for the early part of his career. Jordy Nelson. Yep. He had James Jones. Mm-hmm. He had Greg Jennings. Yep. He had so many receivers to work with. And it's not kind of the same thing here in Dallas, whether you want to do with Mark Cooper, whether you want to do with Randall Cobb. I think Cobb stays now. I didn't think the case right before Mike McCarthy got hired. But now that they have that relationship, Mike McCarthy is going to be like, I'm going to rebuild you and have a reincarnation of your career because we have that relationship. We love each other. Mm-hmm. I think he'll build that the same way with Mark Cooper if they want him to, to stay. Yeah. But Michael Gallup is the number one guy for me right now. Michael and Gallup is a fucking monster. He is. and Him and Dak, though, they have a unique chemistry I've never seen before. It's not set in stone. Like, it's not perfect. No. I mean, you saw it so many times where they did they a were slant off. and they were underthrown. They were overthrown. Yeah. But when it hit, it hit. And it always hit big. It did. It was it was Tony Romo and Des Bryant. That's how it felt. That's yeah. how it felt. And that's how I kind of see what Aaron Rodgers and what uh, Devontae Adams or even uh, Randall Cobb was in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So you see that. I think they have a lot of great talent in that wide receiver core as well. Cedric Wilson, I think, will be a good part of it next year. I hope so. Uh, Devin Smith, he had his moments. Um, but what if they bring someone in the draft? You know, if they don't go for a guy like Grand Pitt, what if, you know, I, I thought Lincoln Riley, if he went to Dallas, they would have gotten C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. That would have been intriguing. Because, I mean, he would have loved him from the, from that point on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, Wide receivers are always great. I thought they should have gone for Calvin Ridley. A you think we'll ago. ever draft anybody from Bama, though? Ever? Think about it. For what reason? Why wouldn't you? He's an Arkansas alum, dude. Have we ever oh. truly drafted anybody from Arkansas? I had a high, high draft. You mean from Alabama? From Alabama, sorry. Yeah, Alabama. I'm trying to think. The only one I can recall that we signed on who played for Alabama, but we didn't draft, was the psychopath from a few years ago. The psychopath from a few years ago. Offense or defense? Defense. Our linebacker. Defense. Defense. Rolando McClain. Oh, oh God. The fucking craziest ass motherfucker oh, on the planet. Oh, no. He play, he's the only guy I think we've ever, not ever had, but recently had that ever played for Bama on our team. Oh, well, now Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper but, is one, yeah, but we didn't draft him. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, do you see us drafting folks from there? Because... Who do we have a heart on for schools right now? Who is the number Boise one? State. hundred percent. You know, I know that. Yeah. Come on now. I'm just saying, man. Boise I got another podcast. You I know got... Bubble <laughs> I know the Boise State pipeline. I got no issues with Boise State, but we got some receivers at it that come out of Bama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see us maybe occasionally go for a sexy weapon. Who knows? That's what I thought Calvin really would be, and he was right around that same like point of the draft. I mean, they got LVE, so that was a good pick. LVE but... was a good draft for that year. If they got him DK Metcalf. Oh. Oh my God. Have you seen the video of him getting drafted and they're they're calling him up? No. He just breaks down in tears. Dude. I mean, I love the Jalen Smith one where they give him the call. Dude, Jalen Smith was one of the best. That was beautiful. But DJ DK Metcalf, man, that dude, first off, he looks like a goddamn massive ass linebacker running down the field catching balls. You see videos of him working out? The guy is a he's a fucking Spartan. He's a freaking nature. He is a massive guy who's got hands. I mean, watching Seattle do it the other night. I mean, that dude just throw a quick slam. Huh? Huh? Go deep. Hey, DK, you want to play catch? <laughs> like literally, he he didn't do much to get past those guys. He's just like, I'm stronger than you. Nudge gone. The guy is a monster. Yeah. So, do you think they keep Cooper? 
I'm a 50-50 on Cooper right now. I think it would be a gamble to keep him, honestly. It would be. It's a massive sure. gamble. I think if we kept him, if he did awesome, it'd be great. But, I mean, it's like you said, it's a 50-50 gamble whether he goes one way or another. Because if to, this year is any kind of sample, it's absolute shit. Because we couldn't keep him on the field. Yeah. He was hurt, man. Mm-hmm. Pulled him now. Him getting pulled on fourth downs—that's bullshit. But that's neither here nor there. He's supposed to be a number one receiver, statistically speaking. If you follow analytics, if you have your best shot with your best players in, mm-hmm. they shouldn't get pulled. But that's another. Discussion. You're just keeping him as an attention seeker, exactly. And going to Gallup or Blake Jarwin. When Amari and Gallup are on the field together, Gallup has an awesome game for sure. Every time, and that only helps Amari because now they got. Put more attention on Gallup. So, I mean, do we go seek another number two and let Gallup take number one? Yeah. So, keep Cobb at three. I don't know. Keep Cobb at three. Um, Who's the other guy I'm thinking of? I'm forgetting a name for one of the wide receivers. Our wide receivers? Yeah. Tavon? Not Tavon. So, it's Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Tavon Austin. And then we also have... um, Devin Smith. Devin and Cedric Wilson. I feel like I'm forgetting a name, but I may be wrong on that. Um, so I, I think they keep Cobb. They'll probably keep Cooper. What's good about Cooper is that he's willing to take a discount because he wants to play for the Cowboys. He loves the place. Do you think he'd take a discount? Yes. I don't think he's big into the money. And I, I think with the so season that he had— why didn't he sign a contract then? Why did he sign a contract? Why didn't he? Because he knows that they got to pay Zeke and they got to pay Dak. Okay. Because he's talked about it throughout the year. He's like, I'm in no hurry. I'm in no hurry of signing a contract. And I think if Mike and, and those guys come in and say, look, sit Dak and, and Cooper down, like, look, we got we had to pay Zeke. We just had to. I know you guys want to get paid big. I think Mark Cooper would be more understanding of it than Dak because Dak's like, bitch, I did, I did way better than any quarterback in the league. Like, I was, like, top five in pretty much every category. But did he do what Deshaun Watson did? Against the freaking Bills the other night. Well, that's... Deshaun Watson carried two D linemen on his back yeah. to a fucking touchdown. I think it's more of a case of like, am I better than Jared Goff? Yes. Am I better than Carson Wentz? Yes. Oh, it's a market so, question, 100%. Yeah. He absolutely is better than those two guys. Like, it's there's no question. And we're going there with the wide receivers as well. So, Mark Cooper's like, yeah, I, I could get big money. But it's just a matter of like, do I want to make this team better or do I want to make this team broke? I think people need, like... I can appreciate – no, first off, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett is Michael Bennett. Whatever. But I can appreciate him ripping his whole team, who was – he's not even been there the whole year. Yeah. Doesn't know he these less, guys. Less than a month in. And he ripped these guys a whole new one because he was calling dudes out. We're worried about your goddamn money. Focus on play, man. We're champions. You want to be a champion? This is how we roll. We don't – we grind. We, we roll. We don't sit here and we – Get worried about making our dollars. Yeah. Do you think the Legion of Boom lasted that long for getting contracts? Hell no, man. Every single one of those guys deserved a big contract. Yes, I did. That's like more than five or six that deserved Well, when they dispersed, they ended up getting their contracts. I mean, they they did what they had to do. They should have won more Super Bowls, but at least they got one. It was sad to see Cam Chancellor call up, you know, hang up his cleats because he was a love watching that guy play. Yeah. But I don't think it was under his control, right? No, it was was medical. It was all medical. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how I feel about Cooper. Is like if he's understanding about taking a pay cut, then he'll stay. If not, like I'm okay with getting rid of him. I'm honestly, I'm there too. Honestly, because you got to pay Dak. You, you have to pay Dak. Dak is going to be the anchor. How a hard, statistically speaking, 
how are we going to find a quarterback that can at least do what Dak has done mm-hmm. from year one? Yeah. That's hard. So Dak has not been great, obviously. He's obviously had some stuff, but year one he came in, we went 13-3. and three. If you want to talk about Dak being a winner. He's he, the rookie of the year. He's a rookie of the year, one. Rookie season. Had his best season this season. Exactly. He played at MVP level, played confident. And got snubbed. And he got snubbed. That's, he did. That, first off, don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, but I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I, I think that's total bullshit because I think Dak – this is the same conversation we had when like Tony Romo had his MVP year and didn't and got snubbed. Mm-hmm. Because Tony Romo, out oh, oh dude, that guy flat out bald. And I would love to have seen that. But anyway. Yeah. Um, moving on to the defense, because this is where it gets a little tough. <clears throat> That's the hard one. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think Jason Wynn will stay either. No, I think um, he's gone. Go back to, to ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> take, over for, to take over for Booger McFarlane. That's an upgrade. God, fuck Booger McFarlane, man. I hate I cringe every time I hear that guy talk. Stop talking, Booger. I don't even like your name. <laughs> Can we just call you McFarland? <laughs> Golly. Booger. Boog. Um, so then moving on to the defense. I mean, we like Malik Collins. Mm-hmm. Christian Covington. I like him. Honestly, I think, I think we should keep him. I don't know how, how we keep him, but he was – he had his moments where he sucked, mm-hmm. but he was serviceable. Yeah. He was solid. Yeah. His name popped out a few times where I'm like, good job. Yeah, like, no. You deserve that. 100%. Another name that I love. I love this guy, Kerry Hyder. Dude, Hyder actually had a pretty decent – he had decent play this year. When he'd be on the field, I was actually impressed. Like, I noticed him being on the field. I was like, that's Kerry Hyder. Yeah. Like, I loved him, his energy, the type of physical play that he does. Because the... he replaces, like, Demarcus Lawrence when he's on the, yep. off the field for a little bit, mm-hmm. which is a tough spot to, to really take over. But Tank is hard to take over. there's any chance that they can move him into the interior – I'd be down for that. I would love to see – that's that's another conversation too, but I would love to see us do something with the interior. Mm-hmm. But anyway. yeah, uh, Robert Quinn, big name. Uh, I think it would be a big contract. I don't think they're willing to pay that. I think he's gone. And I would love to see him stay, but I don't think we could pay him. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to command a lot. I think it was more of a one-year deal type of thing too. I think um, him and Michael Bennett were the same. Yeah. Um, moving on, Ray Ray Armstrong. Yeah, of Ray course. Ray. We love we, Ray Ray. We got to keep Ray Ray. But uh, never really saw the field. So no, he uh, Sean not. Lee. Oh, that's gonna be tough. Now he has been very open to taking a discount to he loves to a pay play that. He loves the game. Loves it. Yeah, that's but he's the he's the guy. If he's not careful, he's gonna live. His his later years are gonna suck. Yeah, they are. Because that they dude really is are. falling apart, man. Mm-hmm. Love the guy though. Um, and I think he did get in some incentives for playing all like 16 games yeah. this season, which is nice because he's never had that in his career. Um, and I don't think he'd be that guy to be selfish and say, I'm going to take he, a big contract. I thought he got that in 2015, didn't he? Or did he miss game 16? I thought he got that in 2015 where he played all 16 games and got a bonus or something like the that. The year, the, the death catch year? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know no, that no. following year, he was broken for the rest of, for the entire year. I think the Des catch year was 14. 14 leading to 15. So, no, I'm talking about 2000, the, this 2015-2016 season. Oh, so when they went like 2-14? and 14? Mm-hmm. No, because Sean was, Lee was out uh, for 2014 because he was hurt. I thought he was out for 2015 too. No, 2015 he was played. He was the only one that was healthy that year? He played. How ironic. We're going to look at this up. We're Because I, I remember 2000. I, I mean, I didn't even watch all the games in 2015. I just remember Tony being out. Um... Our best running back was Darren McFadden, and pretty much everyone around that team was hurt, and they didn't care. Yeah, Darren McFadden. Because what, Kellen Moore was our quarterback, and so was 
Yeah. Uh, Sean Lee in 2015, I apologize, he only did 14 games, but he still had 128 combined tackles. All right, that's good. I mean, 2014 was the year he, he tore his ACL in training camp, and he was gone. So he did tear his knee because he has no stats in 2014. Damn. Yeah, I remember tearing his ACL. I, he tore his knee. It was I don't know if it was ACL. I know he tore something. It was a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. 2015 was one of his highly clouded seasons that he played. When it didn't matter at all. Not at all. That's a rip. We literally did shit that yeah. year. Um, so Who Sean Lee. Who else we got? Justin March. Nice depth guy. I don't think he'll ask for much. They'll probably resign him. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Smith. He did some good things coming in from Seattle. I like watching him there. Yeah. Um, I other than that one missed coverage or blown coverage from him and Jordan Lewis, I believe. Yeah. They gave up the big play against uh, the Eagles. Um, he actually did fairly well. He did. Um, he did. I don't know if that was just more of just like a playoff push type of sign because mm-hmm. they needed depth. Um, I don't know if they'll use it. Now with Lane Banerich coming back. I don't think they'll keep him. So, um, but that would be a great pickup for someone else. I agree. Uh, Joe Thomas, he got hurt at the end of the year. He did. But um, Joe's been good for us, though. I always liked him. When they signed him from the Browns, I was like, that's good depth, but also a good pickup. Didn't Joe come from Packers? I think he initially started with the Packers, and then he played for the Browns. Oh, okay. It's it's either one of those. It's one like of those two. But he played for both. But Joe Thomas, I think, has been good. I think yeah. we should keep him. Yeah. Anthony Brown. I'm not a fan of him, so. Anthony Brown, if we keep him, it'd have to be like a super free friendly deal, but I don't think he's going to ask for it. I think he's going to ask for veteran pay, and I don't think he's worth veteran that's, pay. No, that's non-existent. Yeah. Byron Jones. Oh, man. They should pay him because he's one of the best corners in the league, but I don't think they will. I think they're going to let him walk, which sucks. We need a secondary. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, we've struggled finding corners for years. For sure. And Byron is the epitome of health. He's, yeah. He's healthy. And he plays game in and game out. And for all his – like, he loved playing. Like, when you watched him, he played with emotion when he played safety. Obviously, he was mediocre at best. He never played safety. But that dude's always healthy, man. Yeah. He came into the year off hip surgery. And from week one <clears throat> to week two, he was the best player on that defense. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Like, uh-huh. if we keep him, that'd be phenomenal. I just don't know how we can do it. Nah, now what, if they got to pay Dak, they probably won't pay Byron. I don't think he can. Uh, CJ Goodwin. Kind of CJ fair. had a good a few good plays. Yeah. I wouldn't say like great play plays. He had a few good plays, and I liked watching those plays. But apart from that, I mean, I, I take a risk on him over Anthony Brown. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I 100%. think it, I think it's time to move on from Brown. And, and I mean, Shadobi Wuji is not on this list, but maybe let Anthony just... Brown let his chip on his shoulder go away because he got that chip tattered on his shoulder. Did he really? He got his chip. He tatted a chip on his shoulder with his draft pick. I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, that'd be cool if he actually did something. And he's done nothing. And he's done nothing. So He's like a mediocre corner at best. That chip is stale. Yeah. <laughs> very stale. It's like that it's... one bag of chips that you leave in the pantry for like three months yeah. open. And you're like, this ain't it. Bad chip. Yeah. No. Nice. Um, Jeff Heath. Ooh. Oh. Kayvon Frazier. Oh, oh my God. Darian Thompson. I think if you take a risk on any one of those safeties, it would be Darian Thompson. I was actually about to say Darian Thompson as well. Because he think. had no time to prepare during the season when they just put him in. He had blown coverages, but it's like, dude, you gave him no time. Like, Yes, he somewhat knows the playbook, but he's like third string at that point behind mm-hmm. Jeff Heath, uh, on Frazier, and Xavier Woods. Yep. How are you supposed to give him the whole playbook with the first team? Kayvon, the only thing Kayvon and Jeff good at is hard hits. Even then, it's, it's so sad to see Jeff Heath get – 
basically concussed on every single yeah. play when he's trying to make the big hit. He makes plays, but dude is not like the way consistent. he makes plays though. He doesn't even play right. He is the guy who plays old school mentality of sacrifice the body. And I'm like, dude, you can play at a level. But for him to play, though, he has to sacrifice the body because he's not that gifted of an right, athlete. Yeah. And he's just not he's, big at all. He's blazing fast, though. Like, you watch the guy run. Yeah. He's a fast white boy. And when he hits people, I enjoy watching him hit people because he hits dudes hard. Sometimes he does it by accident, though. Remember the hit on Alan Hearns in the Miami game? That was like He did not accident. read the the quarterback at all. He didn't watch his eyes, which you're supposed to do as a safety, is to read the eyes of a quarterback, and he just ran into him. And multiple times, like, you should have had an interception if you're Jeff Heath, but you just didn't read it. What about that one time he had a touchdown-saving tackle against uh, Derek, Derek Carr? Yep. Where he, well, Derek Carr fumbled it. And it was a touchback. <laughs> I am going to recreate that moment because I remember I would, it. I would like you to do this. Yes, please. Um, I'm very frustrated at that point because that was a terrible, ugly game. Oh, it was awful. And that was right after the, the fourth and one or fourth and inches where yep. they just put up the, the index card. Yep. And I'm fuming at this <laughs> the point. The index card. The index card. And I'm fuming. They're driving down the field. I'm like, these guys fucking deserve to lose. They don't deserve to fucking win. And then Derek Carr's, I'm like, yeah, he's going to fucking score. Let that happen. God damn it, Jeff Heath. You had to make that play. Good job, but fuck. Now we got to keep him. That was literally my reaction because I was like, oh, you got so lucky that They're that not going to get rid of him. They're not. Jeff Heath is going to be of honor team. Jerry loves him. Jerry won't let him go because he has he's heart. a fast white boy that has heart. Texas forever. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> he's that, he's he's that, that one guy. scrappy kid on your high school team that he's gets that you guy. the state. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> he gets you the state. <laughs> That's well said. I like that. Get you the state. Like he maybe has like the JV jersey on. He's, he's like, wearing his Letterman jacket. Jeff, get in there. Get in there, Jeff. Yes, coach. He's Rudy. <laughs> He's Rudy. He is the Cowboys Rudy. He, he really is. is. Yeah. Oh, love the guy to death. But I mean, I need somebody who can perform and say, how often are we constantly asking about safeties and we constantly year in and year out do nothing? Just because Jeff Heath makes that one play every so often, he makes the Oakland play. He makes a big tackle. Or Xavier Woods has a few. Like he He'll was moderate last year. He was moderate last year, and this year I think he just took a step back. I was like, I was hoping yeah. to see an elevation. Yeah. I was big on Xavier Woods. I really was. All this um, we had to look up the, the way to pronounce his name, but LP uh, Latisor. Yeah, Latisor. Latisor. Who is like our Taysom Hill in a sense, <laughs> but we don't know how to use him. We don't use him. We just, hey, uh, J- LP, can you just snap the ball, please? Yeah. That, that, that's great. Yeah. Keep Good, job. Good job. Good <laughs> job. Snap he, the ball. Snap the ball. Good job. You notice him immediately dude, when he he's gets, on special teams. He's, he's a big huge. dude. He's the size of an offensive lineman. Yeah. He's a massive guy. And he is gifted at snapping that ball long. Yeah. He's a long snapper, man. I love him. I love him. I think they'll keep him just because of, like, he brings, like, a like a Taysom Hill type of vibe to the The to dude the is old school, dude. He's he's old enough to be the dad of some of those players, <laughs> man. He's that old. He said it. He looks yeah. like a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah. He's he does. A, like a soon tie, and you're like... All right, what are we learning Holy in chemistry shit. today? Yeah, I was about to say, Chem Lab just opened. What is this shit? That's uh, lastly, I'm high on him now, Kai Forbath. Oh, my God. Best Co- player for the Cowboys in last month. In December, he was the best player on the team. Kai Forbath was automatic. 10 for 10. Mm-hmm. Loved him. Every time that dude went in, I was just like. You know what he did? I think he was playing with everyone. 
either he does it on purpose or like it's just something gifted that he does with his foot. But the way that he kicks it and it it looks off from the gun, and then it just just spirals into you know, the. You know what I equate that to? It's like watching Tiger Woods golf. Yes, a hundred percent for sure. Tiger Woods when he golfed those perfect putts. You were like, oh, that's not going in. He went wide left. What the fuck are you doing? Ty- oh, my God. It's rolling. Oh, His nose shit. Had a- it perfectly rolled back in. That's what Kai Forbach. That's what Kai Forbach for me felt Dude, like. Dude, I watched that. I was like, Kai, you son of a... That went in. Oh, what? It was perfect. Every time. Like, it Split went... the uprights. Whoop, whoop. Like, it was like a smart ball. Yeah. It was interesting to watch. It was like watching Dude Perfect or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. What the But it was, was like... That? 42 yarders it was 45 yarders he was hitting them it was good to see it was good to see a reliable i mean you don't realize what you miss until you don't have it right and kicking has been weak for us all year long and we we had the worst kicker in the league listening to your podcast getting rid of the worst kicker in the league Mm -hmm. i agree 100 percent. and we got cobra kai for bath cobra kai for bath oh my god kicking some ass taking some names sweep the leg Mm. so yeah that reference made sense. Yes, it did. <laughs> Sweep the leg. I'm on the right track. <laughs> Man. Um, but it felt nice to, like, when the special teams unit got out there for a field goal, I'm like, all right, cool. We're actually going to make a field goal. Three points. We have three points. Yeah. Like, he didn't walk out there and be like, oh, my God, please gonna make this. He's going to miss it. He's going to miss it. Please make this. And you know he's not going to make yeah. it. So, but Good for uh, he. He deserves a contract. Oh, I, better, I don't think Jerry will will let him go for sure. I think we're gonna sign him. I don't know what he'll get signed for, but we'll keep him. Okay. Uh, maybe for I, I'd say if I had a guess, I would probably say two to three years contract. I'd say that. You know, decently paid, like nothing serious. Yeah. You, you're gonna be like, you look, you came in, you did a very good job. Um, Kai yeah. Forbeck can be like, yo, you either get Dan Bailey back or you have me, and you have consistency no matter what. For God's sake, dude. You kick a ball in the NFL, you don't get collision because if you get hit, they get penalized. And your whole job is to kick the ball and score and win. And like uh and you get paid a shit ton of money. I mean, I would if I were a Cobra Kai man, I'd be like, give me whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Kai Forbath deserves a good contract. Get him in. Obviously we didn't keep him because he came in right around when Dan Bailey did, and Dan was just automatic for us for years. We need a good kicker. For God's just, sake, we need a good kicker. Just a solid kicker. That's let's let's not let's not get into the antics of like let's try somebody else out. I know we're Jason Garrett's like we need to compete. Yeah, yeah, we got a good kicker. Let's roll with them. Yeah, we're we're done. It, it it would feel the same way with Mike McCarthy what he had in Green Bay with Mason Crosby. Yeah, there you go. Mason Crosby's it's not the best kicker in the world, but he's reliable. He's reliable. consistent. He gets the job done. He misses a few year. Out of all of his kicks, that's not bad. If there's volume, you're going to have... Yeah. You're going to miss some shots. So, I, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Michael Bennett. I When I did the podcast, I explained his signing. I was like, this is either going to be great when they go into the playoffs and lead the push. Like, he will be that veteran guy. Or this goes completely off the rail. And for me, it wasn't completely off the rail. It but was, I it think went, it was, it was a directing. Negative, it was a negative signing. Yeah, I think... His if offside we went, penalties were ridiculous. If we went into the playoffs, he would have been beneficial for us because he's been there. Yeah. But we didn't. Mm-hmm. So That was we, the whole point of signing him. That was the main reason why. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he's gone. I think that was like a, a love-hate relationship. Love that they came on because he's still playing ball. Hates the Cowboys, I think. 
he hates the Cowboys organization because of he what hates he, Jerry. He does. Yep. So I think he's gone. I don't think he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we move on to restricted free agents. Cooper Rush, backup quarterback for Dak. He's, a, he's just there. I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, you think about it. For right now, so long as, knock on wood, that Dak is not terribly hurt and he gets healed because watching him miss throws because he's got a fractured fingertip, which I'm not going to dog that because for a quarterback, if you fracture your finger, that throws the whole trajectory. Yeah. Because the last thing to touch the ball when you flick it is your fingertip. So And and just the fact that like the way that he did get hurt with his fractured finger was the fact that he hit the helmet. Of Aaron his, Donald. Yeah. Because he went down and he smacked it. like he, he was in full stride. And before he hit full stride, so full force, you got to keep in mind the torque of it. It wasn't like it came at the end where you're losing mm-hmm. torque and momentum. He hit it at the beginning. That's, so he literally that's it flicked back. it. Yeah. He flicked it at 45 degrees, came back, and he was hurting. So that hurt, and then obviously something with his shoulder. AC joint. And I'm just like, hopefully that shit's good. Because if that shit's good, it doesn't matter who's backing up the deck. They ain't playing. He looked good in the Redskins game. I didn't think they should have played him. No, they should. Honestly, we should have just let that game go and just let Cooper play and see what Cooper was all about. Because if he's really the quarterback of the future, do we really want to risk it? Mm -hmm. I know who Dak is. We know who Tony Romo is. Dak has the same competitive soul and heart as Tony Romo, which makes them both. In my eyes, competitiveness is what we need at the quarterback position to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. Dak, no one questions his leadership. Dak is the leader of that team, yeah. which we respect. I'd like to see some more leadership from him, telling people to calm the fuck down. But either way, I think if we, we saw some more from that, I think, yeah, I don't know. Cooper Rush is just kind of like, if he's, he's the, there, he's there. If he's not, then they can just add on. It back, what's the best position in football? Backup quarterback? Blue Mountain State? Oh, just chilling, that's right. riding that bitch. Just look at Blake Bortles. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> dude. Living in LA. Yeah, he's making dumb money. He's chilling and doing nothing. Still getting paid by the Jaguars, I think. Yeah, he is. That's sad. Good that's for, really sad. Good for um, him. Blake Jarwin. I'm a huge oh, fan of Blake Jarwin. Oh, we do not cut him. We keep him. He's our guy. He's our boy. If Jason leaves, Blake Jarwin's our number one guy, and you sign him oh, to 100%. a long term deal. Watching him play, man, I was so mad. That we kept Jason in. No, no, it's a Jason. Because Jason's good. But that's like, like you said, guys that overstay, they're welcome. Mm-hmm. I love Jason to death. Jason has got to go because we need the newer, the younger guys to get the reps. It's all about reps, repetition. And Jarwin looked natural when he made plays, man. He's a wide receiver turned into a tight end. Yeah. Which is the best thing because that's what the Cowboys tried to do with Rico Gathers. And I was a big fan of Gathers. I was a fan of Gathers was, until he couldn't do shit. Right, yeah. And he and had problems off the field and, and, and yeah. some injuries. Yeah. But um, they tried to turn a basketball player into a tight end. And yeah. a lot of times, like, that helps a lot. Like, Tony Gonzalez was a basketball yep. player. There's been some occasions around the league that were yeah, – that works. Old boy out of uh, the Chargers was a basketball player. The Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it works. So going from a guy like that to a wide receiver with just a big size like that, it could be a tight end. Also does a great job of blocking. We definitely need him. Blake Jarwin's the guy. Like he is. We don't need to draft another tight end. No, absolutely not. Just keep. What's his name? Dalton uh, Schultz. Yeah, keep him as a blocker. Keep him as the swing tight yeah. end, and let Blake be the number mm-hmm. one. Two tight end set with Dalton and Blake is a great setup. Dalton's actually a pretty decent blocker. He that's block. what he, that's all he did in in Stanford. He 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 occasionally everyone talked about how he would occasionally go down for a pass, and I'm like, 
do you look at his stats? Was it really that impressive though? Mm-hmm. It really wasn't. Like he had like four hundred or five hundred reception yards, and like they had to work on his hands when they drafted him. Yeah, and that's where I was like, look, they're just gonna use him for blocking at this point. But when you have, I, I think at that point it was it was still dude Blake off his rookie year, and then it was Rico Gathers, and I was like, Rico Gathers is gonna be number one. Oh I shit! Thought, never mind. Yeah, I thought he, <laughs> he was, was too. But then when they got Blake, and I was like, who's this Blake guy? Yeah. And then he came in out of nowhere, and now he's cl- the clear number one. Clear. He should be. And he's going to be number two on on like Dak's list of options. Oh, 100%. Should be Michael Gallup. You can make the argument for Cobb, but Blake Jarwin should be what old, reliable Jason Wynn was early in his career. Jason Wynn was his number one most of the time yeah. because Dak is really, really good at one thing, and that's checkdowns. He's really good at checking down. Third, second and five, third and five. You but just he also need the yardage. the world to check down. I mean, back in that those years, our offensive line wasn't hurt as bad. Yeah. So he had all the time in the world to check down. And, oh, Jason's wide-ass open. Let me throw it to him. Kind of want to see them do that with Jarwin. But Jarwin doesn't need to be wide-ass open because Jarwin's got some athletic ability. Jar- Jar- uh, Jarwin's got some good hands, but he can also make a play. He's also field. got ups. Yeah. That, that dude has got some – like watching him make jump ball contested catches, it was fun watching him do that. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, God, they overthrew Jarwin. Uh, it was that – what was that one play that was recent where you and I were talking about where Jarwin looked – the one catch he had in the game, the it whole up, game. Up the middle. Up the middle, out to the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. He It looked like he was overthrown, like way over the top. And Jarwin jumped for it, caught it, and looked like he just – mm-hmm. and tucked it and was going to move, but then he obviously got hit. But it looked smooth. Yeah. So – I, I love him. I love him so much. I don't want him to go. Uh, defense lineman Daniel Ross had his moments. Mm. Just kind of depth. Just kind of there. So it wouldn't He's really like the guy at the bottom of your roster kind of deal. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. that's like where you get into the dross of the NFL roster, trying to find people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Antoine Woods, too. Oh, yeah. We can't get rid of Antoine Woods. I don't know how we keep Antoine because I think he's going to command a lot because what he did. Because he had some decent play. I don't think he's going to command elite money, but I think he's going to command more than we probably can pay mm-hmm. him. I would love to keep him, but I don't know if we can. It's him and Malik Collins that are just the interior, and I, I would put more of a case on Malik Collins to be the, the paid guy than Antoine we, we Woods. We have more invested sadly. in the Malik, though. We have way more invested in the Malik. I, I say just Malik's a more consistent pass rusher. Antoine, a more disruptive pass Antoine rusher. does good, but like you said, there's like only ever a few times where we're just like, damn, Antoine, you live in the backfield that one game. When he wants to, when they're like kind of backs against the wall, that's where he shows up, but that can't be the case anymore. I really can't. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then uh, club option, so that's really up to uh, Jerry. Uh, Jameis Olawale. Hmm. Got the name right. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, first try. What? Um, I liked when they did a fullback set to run the ball because mm-hmm. Olawale was always a great block for Zeke. Mm-hmm. And if they keep him, you know, like the fullback position for the Cowboys is always just kind of there. Um, but whoever is in that position always does a great job. I think it fits well. position's really dying, though. Like, if you think about it, it's really... But when it is used, it works a lot. You know um, who does the fullback the best? I, I was trying to think of the team. The Niners. The Niners, yep. Dude, old boy whose name I can't even pronounce. Oh, it's, it starts with a J, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember that his dude, name. That, that guy dude is, is phenomenal. I think he, he's, he's in the, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he is. Him and... Uh, oh, my God. Names. Him and Kittle just dominated. George Kittle, yeah. Him and Kittle were phenomenal. So, anyway... Yeah, no, that guy, they do the fullback the best, in my opinion. I think they do it. Really Kyle nice. just... Yeah, that one. Yep. Uh-huh. Got it. We'll call him Kyle. <laughs> Kyle J. <laughs> well done, Kyle J. KJ. KJ! Um, and lastly, Cameron Fleming, who 
We love Cam Fleming. Oh god. Get rid of him. Yeah, he gone. Yeah, he's done. Well, he done because I don't know if we had an appropriate system for a guy like that because he looked pretty. He I don't say he was solid when he played for the Pats, but he just looked like trash playing with us. He did. He was awful. No matter who they put at that left tackle position, other unless than it's Tyrone, Tyrone, we suck. Just doesn't make sense. Uh, Tyrone's out. We lost the game. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Every time. Always remember the the Falcons game. Oh my Tyron, god. Tyron's out. Yep. That this dude, is gonna be bad. Dude, what was his name? Chaz. Chaz got. Chaz Green. Chaz Green got that defensive lineman. He played. He gave him a massive ass payday. It was only because of that. Because of that one game. Yeah. It wasn't because of anything else. Because the had, guy was mediocre. Yeah. He only had two other sacks, I think, that year, and he had six of them in that game. And he had eight sacks total, and that he had a damn good agent. Good for him. Damn he right. got a lot of guaranteed money. He's like, hey man, I got my million. I'm good. Yeah. And then he sucks. Good for him. Yeah, he guess. wasn't worth it. No. All right, so that does it for the free agents. Mm-hmm. One more thing. What we got? Just get your your thoughts on this. Coaches around the league, other than Mike McCarthy, out of the Matt Rule to the Panthers, mm-hmm. the Joe Judge to the Giants, or Ron Rivera of the Redskins. Which one is your favorite so far? Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera. I think was. Like you said before, when we were talking about it prior, he's the, he's the right step in the right direction for them. Mm-hmm. I think Rule is an unknown. We have no idea what he's going to do. He's he's not on. He's only at the collegiate level, so we don't know what he's going to bring. I mean, uh, who was the other guy? Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Because he was a receiver? Special teams coordinator and wide receiver coach for the Patriots. I have no idea what he's going to bring. That is so conflicting for me. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you finish, though. I, I want to talk about all three guys, though. So you feel that Ron Rivera is the best? I think Ron Rivera is the best. Number one, first off, I'm not going to bash on Ron Rivera because I think Ron Rivera, as, as far as a, a person, he's a great guy. I think a coach, he's good. But he honestly – between him and Garrett, they're nearly the same in terms of track record. The only difference is Ron took him to the show. Mm-hmm. And he got all the way to the end and just couldn't finish it, obviously. But I think between those three, Ron is the only known. And we at least know the Redskins are going to be average. Not above average, not great, probably at least average. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're guaranteed a performance level that I think is better than what they did this year. Like, they're not going to just win four or five games. They're going to win at least eight to nine games, possibly. Nine pushing it eight. If it's done right. If it's done right, I think Ron could at least get them eight games, at least. Whether he can get above eight, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a known. The other two, I think, are an unknown. Joe, I have no idea what he's going to bring, man. I'm curious to see what he brings. Because he comes from the Pats. He's got... That clout. Belichick dude, tree. Yeah. I'm underneath Belichick. Good for you, dude. Because the other the only other coach to take on a position that was under Belichick of late. Yeah, Patricia. He, he's doing okay. I am a big fan of Patricia at the Lions. I know the record doesn't show it, but they were in that game or in every game of the season. hundred percent. They never got blown out. They never showed weakness. They just couldn't finish games. But yep. second year in, in the league or being as the head coach for the Lions, I think it's only room for improvement. Three and eleven does not, or three and eleven and one, I should say, yeah. doesn't really show how good that Detroit Lions team was with Matthew Stafford like being injured, banged up all the time. Yeah, you get him healthy, you stay with that same team. I think the defense only gets better. So the the whole idea of like Belichick's tree is is terrible when they leave New England. I think it's kind of broken with Matt Patricia now. I agree. We'll I, I will happens. argue that even with the record. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, um, so, 
I will say that Ron Rivera is my favorite as well because mm-hmm. of the, the discipline and the type of urgency he'll bring to the to the locker room mm-hmm. is that it's either my way or you get the hell out. Yeah. There's no there, there's no playing around anymore. You can have fun what you're doing, but I am sick and tired of you guys looking like crap. Dude, if he we're not going to look like crap on Sunday. He's going to bench dudes too. He's yeah. not gonna, he's not going to be the dude who's going to let the all stars run the show. He's going to like get your ass on the sideline, mm-hmm. miss your goddamn paycheck, yeah. sit your ass down, bitch. Yeah, like I I could see Ron doing that, mm-hmm. but he. You listen to players talk about Ron. Ron's got a lot of respect for the players he coached. So he, he commands a lot of respect in the NFL as well, even though he's not a great track record. But I think he had to deal with a lot of personalities in Carolina. Cam, Cam Josh Norman. Oh, Josh Norman. He had to deal with a lot of these guys. Yeah. Um, but kind of the same thing that I feel with Mike Nolan in Dallas, same way I feel about Ron Rivera is that he brought in Jack Del Rio for that defense. The one positive of that team was their defense. Well, the other thing, too, though, in line with our theme of what the Dallas Cowboys come, I think the Washington Redskins need more than a coaching staff. I think they need a better organization oh, overall. Oh, for sure. The organization's just a shit show. Mm-hmm. They need better everything from the top down. Now, if they can somehow get out of the way and let Ron do his thing, maybe they could do something, put something together. I have no clue. Yeah. I would like to see that happen just because – Give us somebody to play with. Let's talk about the NFC East being good and let the Cowboys eventually get to that point where we're going to be competing against good teams in the NFL. Yeah. Not just like easy two wins from the Redskins, easy two wins from the Giants. Exactly. Um, But it's a step in the right direction for sure for the Redskins. Um, Matt Rule at the Panthers. Now, what he did in Baylor was amazing Mm -hmm. to think of what he did in just like one season two seasons at most but i mean it was one or two seasons one it's a small seasons. sample yeah and we throw this guy the crown it's like doing that with no offense to kellen but it's like doing that to kellen kellen's had less than a season and we were calling him the second coming of the messiah mm-hmm. like yeah. come on man he's not even got a track record under his belt we don't have enough sample size so let's see what happens mm-hmm. yeah and plus with the panthers it's like kind of want to see what they do with cam whether mm-hmm. he goes for him or i'm a big fan of will greer that would be interesting. I know he didn't play as well when he was a starter in mm-hmm. this later part of the season, but mm-hmm. I think he does great things because it kind of matches what he did in Baylor. Yeah. That, that type of offense, Will Greer would fit that. Mm-hmm. Dude's a gunslinger. Like He wants to throw the ball down the field. That would be interesting and I think Matt Rule will love that. Mm-hmm. I think that you just get rid of Cam for some draft picks, start a new type of era with Christian McCaffrey. I, oh, Christian McCaffrey's a fucking monster. Yeah, you, that guy, I love watching that guy play. That I, guy is a scary white boy. He is. Because what was the saying? Like, don't watch the big guy in the NFL. Watch the little guy. Watch the little guy. Because the little the big guy is in the NFL because he's big. Mm-hmm. Little guy's in there because he's fucking awesome. Yeah. So he's Christian, more than just strength. I he's, mean, he's more. Watch it. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, and you have uh, old boy Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. Wes Welker, and you want to name any other little guys that were phenomenal. Those guys were phenomenal players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For they, sure. They were small. So. Yeah. Um, Joe Judge is kind of that one where I'm very concerned about because you think about it, it's like what what were the Patriots good and bad at this season? They were very good at defense. special teams and defense. Defense and special teams were really good. Now he was a special team coordinator. Special teams coordinator. I thought they were the best special teams out of any team in the league. And then they were the wide receiver coach. Oh my god, which was one of the worst in the NFL. And it showed on Sunday. Oh yeah, it really showed. Like those receivers were, you know, dropping passes. They were miscommunicating with Tom Brady. That's that's his job. Like that's that. unusual to see that, though. For sure. Because let, let's let's talk about it. How many big notable names did they ever have as wide receivers? Like you could probably count on one hand how many big name brands they ever had mm-hmm. a wide receiver. 
they didn't have all the name brands that the Dallas Cowboys had. They didn't have all the big name brands that the Colts had. They had average guys that Tom Brady could throw the ball to, put it in a position that fit what their design was. Tom throws the – which you got to give it to Tom Brady. You know I'm not a big fan of the Patriots in terms of, you know, some of the the litigation against them, some of the scrutiny against them. Obviously, in my opinion, I think that mars your record, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Tom Brady, though, we got to give it to him. The guy could put the ball – Pretty accurately. Oh, he, yeah. he made average guys look good. Mm-hmm. Deion Branch got a massive-ass contract somewhere else, but soon found out that he was average and mediocre. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the hell? What would you do over there for the Patriots? Why aren't you doing that for us? Because Tom Brady threw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady made average guys look really good. And then he made great guys look freaking awesome. Randy Moss had a balling year. For sure. So, anyway. I think it was definitely... Sad to see that happen with them, just because the Patriots, everyone saw it, man. They, there was blood in the water when they went in the playoffs. I mean, they freaking lost. I did not expect that. I didn't think Tennessee was going to beat them. Tennessee beat them, man. Mm-hmm. Tennessee doesn't have a spectacular team. They just got Derrick Henry. You, can, you can't stop. And they he, were physical. He is so physical. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know other reasons for that, but yeah, like, I don't know how they're going to do, man. It's like Judge, like. I don't know how they're going to do. So you take like the best special teams and you take one of the worst wide receiver cores in the league and you just say, I think it's more of the argument of like, well, you're under Belichick. So I think a young, fresh guy like that will come in and probably do some things. The Giants are probably not the best team for that. Nope. Because they need consistency. They need yeah. something solid. Mm-hmm. And then you take into consideration that they could be hiring Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that would be bananas. That would be funny. And I think it would be awesome because – what are they going to do, guys? Oh, I don't know. They're going to give it to their best running back, run it right up the middle. Mm-hmm. Hey, we can stop that. Well, we can't, but other teams can. <laughs> so, anyway, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens because there won't be any adjustments unless the offense, unless the head coach stepped in and made some adjustments. Maybe he grows. Maybe he does some other stuff. We'll see. But he's had 10 years to change, and he's been the same guy from day one to the last day he left. And you kind of have the same type of offense in New York. Everyone was talking about how different it is, and I'm like, no, not really. They just pass it out to Saquon a little more than we do to Zeke. That's all mm-hmm. they do. They, But it's all through the running back. 100%. It's all through Saquon. It's all through Zeke. Saquon's also a freak of nature. That guy right. is just – the guy's got quads the size of grown man's bodies. Say quad, Barkley. Say quad. Quadzilla. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The guy is a monster. So. He is. Anyway, I don't know how they'll do. I think Jason Garrett going over there would be good for the Cowboys because it would be a predictable offense that we played against for years and ran for years that we know how to defend against. And beat them. Yeah. It'd be fun just to kind of like nail the – or put the nail in the coffin. Put an end to that forever. Unless yeah. he did what Mike McCarthy does and just takes a year off studying 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. As long as he can elevates his level of clapping, I think they'll be good. <laughs> He's got to clap. Go from more. go from a slow tempo to a super fast tempo. Yeah, can do call, like, golf claps. And yeah, no, those golf claps got to go away. Man. Need that it's got to be applause. like you got to hear the flap from the other side. Yeah, you gotta like hear your your daughter just won like a like honor roll. There you go. Yeah, yeah I like that. Daughter Holding honor the camera. roll. Daughter honor roll level. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Good not job, like, sweetie. Not, good job. not the golf. No. It's. Just, Sweetheart, I love you. I, I dig that. I think we just predicted the type of interview they'll have <laughs> with uh, 
with Gettleman and, and Jason Garrett. Like, so, Jason, what are you going to bring into there? I think I'm going to up my tempo. Like, let me put on the blueprint. I, I know. it's not. I'm not Mike McCarthy. Forgive the complexity. Bear with me. <laughs> Just look, I've been doing a lot of film. <laughs> Jim Hazlitt has been alongside with me. So here, step one, clap. Okay. <laughs> I know. Hang with. Don't lose me stay now. With, stay don't, with me. Don't lose me. Step two, clap louder. <laughs> Step two dash A, clap faster. Oh, up in the tempo. Okay. I want 10 years, $20 million. Done. Easy. Hired. Let's go. <laughs> Wrap it up. Oh, let's go. Get this shit done. Speaking of wrapping it up. Actually, uh, where do you think Josh McDaniels will go? Because I think now it's the Browns. It has to be the Browns. I I would be intrigued to see what he does with the Browns. Think I think it. I think he would go to the Browns, but think about the lineage of that. Well, think about where did Belichick come from? Where Belichick? Yeah. What happens if Josh McDaniels go over there now? He's Josh McDaniels. He's ran probably arguably one of the most successful offenses for years, not the most, but one of the most successful mm-hmm. offenses, or consistent, I should say. He's been one of the most consistent offenses. He goes over there, takes number one draft pick in a quarterback with Baker Mayfield. And then he's got OBJ and he's got Jarvis Landry. He's got weapons galore. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a, oh my God. Watching that dude play this year was bananas. But if he takes these weapons and does what I think he, what his mind does with offense, it'd be interesting. I think the Browns become potentially a contender. I don't know. Not like a contender all the way up. I think they could at least get to the playoffs. Yeah. I think Odell will leave. Because he's just not happy there. Um, I think OBJ is just cursed at this point. To OBJ. where no matter where he goes, he's going to be like a Terrell Owens. To where as long as the drama is overwhelming him, he won't play on the field. He won't perform at a high level. Jarvis Landry maybe. Jarvis Landry's been solid this year. I know, but just matter of like his, I guess his opinion on staying in Cleveland. That's all that matters. Um, and then see what they do. David Onjoku will come back. They're tied in. He is, nice. the, he is a disappointment to me. I don't think he is as good as what he – he hasn't lived up to his par. I would disagree. I don't think he's lived up to his potential. I think he could be potentially a bigger player than what he has been. Hmm. They, they just got to improve that offensive line, though. Oh, dude, they can't they block have with to. the man. They can't block with the man. And if David could stay healthy, I think he'd be really, really good. Mm-hmm. He's constant, He's hurt every other game. Yeah. Um. Maybe even get Baker Mayfield to do what a number one draft pick should do. But then, in his defense, you think about old boy down on the Rams. He's not that great either. Jared Goff? He's okay. Yeah, he's all right. See, that's where it has to go, is that if Cleveland goes to Josh McDaniels' route, they have to get a defensive mind to, to help Josh McDaniels. I agree. Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. Whoa. Oh, I just thought about that. Do you th- would Wade leave the Rams though? He's already left. Oh whoa! They whoa. they didn't renew his contract. It was yesterday. Well, they did have a shitty year. This was this was two hours after they hired Mike McCarthy, and they're already interested in Mike Nolan. And then Wade Phillips tweeted that they are no longer renewing his contract with the Rams. So he's up he's up for grabs. Hmm. So get a great defense. Rounds could Michael's take him. Garrett. Wade if Phillips he's not together? suspended for life or his stupidity. Yeah, that too. If he doesn't swing his helmet again. Golly. Wade Phillips and Josh McDaniels would be very That'd interesting. That'd be an intriguing... Well, we need to see Josh in position first. Yeah. We need to see him do his thing first because we have no idea what he brings to the table yet. 
As an offensive coordinator, he's been solid. But that's like anybody who's been yeah. solid at anything. They're good at their, their niche. They find their niche, they become an expert at it, and then grow. Just open from there. His exactly. first time head coaching was not the best. No. So, um, but I think it's time for him to move on from, from New England, for sure. I think he's done all he's could. Unless he wants to stay with Tom Brady until the end of his career. But I don't think that's what he wants to do. I wouldn't. I think Tom Brady's already reached the the pinnacle. He's already passed the pinnacle of his career. Ooh, I disagree. Tom Brady? He comes back next year and wins the Super Bowl, guaranteed. Gets a new so offensive off, coordinator. Okay. So all the cards are against him. We're new offensive coordinator. Let's see what happens with the head coach. Tom <laughs> Brady's 43 at that point. He has no receivers at this point. What if they go for Odell? What if they go for a big name? What if they get Antonio Brown back? I think they get Odell. I don't think they get Antonio Brown. I mean, they still have... The... If the Browns trade him. Yeah. But here's what I would say. First off, I hate it when you make outlandish prophecies because more often than not, they're fucking accurate. I know. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't know. If they win next year... That's where he retires. I think same he... way that Payton did was like at the, at the pin, top. At the top. At the right game. off in the sunset. Because um, I think Tom Brady, he looked great in that game. It was just his receivers and everyone else. He couldn't catch the damn ball. Couldn't catch. And then there was miscommunications. Yeah, that's not his fault. No, it's not. You think you think I'm gonna take Philip Dorsett's word for it rather than Tom Brady's? No, I'm yeah. gonna take Tom Brady's side because yeah. yeah. he knows what's going on. Exactly. He knows the game. Mm -hmm. He created the puzzle. <laughs> he doesn't do the puzzle. He is the puzzle. <laughs> he is the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna do it. Um, I, I I thought we should have started off where I was like, that Jerry Jones is a son of a bitch. <laughs> what, where were we like two weeks ago when we did the other podcast? It was like, we're done. Yeah. Like, we're just done. I was quitting life. If Jason Gary would have been rehired or been the GM. I would have quit as fans. We, we wouldn't have been done with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And here we are talking about how we can get back to the top. He is a motherfucker. So he much. does. He, he comes in, all hopes down, and he finds a way to bring us back into the fold. And I swear to God. I feel like that, like the the girlfriend who keeps going back is like, just don't hurt me, okay? Just, just don't hurt me. He's different this time. <laughs> he made changes. He changed. Look, I don't care. He's he... not the same guy. It's totally different. I know different. he cheated on me five times before. But he's different. He's different. He's committed now. He's not the same guy. <laughs> look at all these things he bought me. they're shiny they're look nice. at all these shiny toys it's different it's different okay oh my gosh. he listens he listens he listens to us <laughs> oh god well lee episode 100 uh -huh. this this felt like a good way we went two hours oh my gosh yeah all right well i i mean that's that's some good two hours. Though. Heck yeah, dude. Never felt like we missed a beat. No. No beat missed. I thank you for being at this milestone for, well, for my podcast. I'm very honored you to have me at this milestone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bubblelet Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on anchor.fm slash bubblelets. Um, you can do it for a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month. Still waiting for that sixth subscriber to, to show up, which will shout you out on the next podcast. But until then, we'll see you next time.